Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible.com. Get a free audiobook download at audibletrial.com slash watch out for fireballs. Over 100,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. All right. All y'all shut the fuck up. It's movie time. This is the, uh, the, the research log of Dr. Gast, 8.32 p.m. My session with Elfana today yielded tremendous data. She's finally talking about the Cetra. God damn this shit. More blobbity blobbity blah. It's cold as a witch's balls in here. The closest analog I can think of would be that of the Mako, that Shinner finds into electricity. Ilvana seems to believe that the planet speaks to her. If she weren't otherwise stable, I'd be inclined to attribute this to psychosis. Shame about that heiress broad. That Sephiroth as a punk. No two ways about it. That feels very strange to say. Humans. The Cetras speak of a calamity from the skies. This being matches the description of Genova, whom we've excavated recently. Apparently, Genova is not an ancient, but an interloping creature from the depths of space. Somebody say space? space no, he did. Mm. What she says is true. Genova, huh? I say, Geno, thank you very fucking much. I still got water in my ears from that goddamn fight. Grave sickness throughout the Cetra. Ilfana says that the Cetra managed to entomb Genova deep within the earth. I didn't have the heart to tell her about the excavation. Ah, yeah. Takes me back to the underground spear training I used to do in my spare time. Shara used to call it my spear time instead of my spare time. Adorable little dipshit. But yeah, back in the day, you couldn't swing a chocobo without running into middle-aged men such as myself, all of a sudden turning 45 and deciding that they needed a spear-related hobby. Old Carl, he used to whittle them. Johnny, he liked to stack them. But me, I always liked jumping with them. Can't say why it appealed to me. Just reminded me of flying, I guess. Also, I needed to be able to stab those teenagers what kept getting into Shira's tomatoes. I... Sid! Sid! Clean the shit out your ears, old man! The movie is over. It's time to go snowboarding. Snow? What the fuck? Join us next time for the thrilling conclusion of Sid watching VHS tapes on Watch Out for Fireballs. My name is Gary Butterfield. My name is Cole Ross. And you're listening to Watch Out for Fireballs. It is a retro video games podcast. And this week we will continue our discussion of Final Fantasy VII, which is a JRPG developed by Squaresoft in 1997. Mm-hmm. And uh, in the previous episode, we covered everything up through the Gold Saucer and Coral Prison. This episode takes us from that point up to the first encounter at the North Crater. On um, the final episode next week uh, is going to take us through the end of the game, including side quest wrap-up stuff. 
Yes. And at the end of this unprecedented series of episodes, uh, we're going to do one big, huge extra so that uh, features your responses to the entirety of the game. Uh, we've already got a bunch that people are sending in, but if you would like to contribute, go ahead and just hit up duckfeed.tv slash contact and select Watch Out for Fireballs from the drop-down menu and uh, let us have it. Yeah. And let's uh, let's get started. So we just learned about uh, Barrett's tragic backstory. Mm-hmm. And we are heading to Gangaga, which is actually uh, optional, I'm pretty sure. Like, you don't have to go to Gangaga here. It just happens to be here. I think if you oh. sequence break, you can go to... Because uh, I went to Cosmo Canyon first. Okay. Yeah. It's, oh. it's more trivia than anything. Yeah, it's um, But yeah, you can... If you want to, you can... Uh, but there is, like, a mysterious little ramshackle town mm-hmm. to the south called Gangaga that you can head to. Yeah. It's a really cool setting, too. I mean, you spot it because, you know, from a distance, it looks like this gigantic blown-out place. Um, and this is a very similar story to, to, you know, to Corel, which is they installed a Mako reactor here. It went tits up, and now the town is kind of living in the fallout of that. It would be like a, a parable for nuclear energy if nuclear energy wasn't super safe. Yeah, exactly. It's like it's, it's like a... Yeah. What, what, is, what is it with Japanese people and their fear of nuclear energy? I've got no idea. Um, yeah, where'd that come from? Yeah. Um, Do you think this was censored in the Japanese version of the game? Yeah, the, uh, they, they came up with another word for nuclear energy, and they call it Mako. Yeah. Um, yeah, but the, so there's not too much that goes on here other than it kind of being a neat set piece. Yeah. Um, you, there's another Turks encounter, and it's another boss fight with just regular dudes. Uh, this is the first time that you fight Rude. Yeah, yeah, and he's uh, a healer. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And uh, it's pretty easy. Yep. You, know? um, you can pick up a, a couple of materia and you head to the that actual ruined reactor and you're introduced to Scarlet for the, not maybe not the first time, she might have been in a board meeting. Yeah, she was like in a board meeting. she starts taking pro- prominence. Yeah, she was, she was in a board meeting and she also featured heavily in the Corel flashbacks. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 Yeah, uh, she yeah. So she was there in Word Perfect Land, but um, yes. she establishes here that uh, Shinra is always looking for uh, new materia to power their super weapons, right? Yes, and yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah. So this is, so she she's there with the Turks escorting her uh, in order to uh, investigate the exploded Mako reactor for any kind of naturally occurring materia around that point. She says the Titan materia isn't big enough for what she has planned. Yeah. Yeah, and and I'll find that to be true. As mm-hmm. uh, well, something I thought of um, after the first episode when we were talking about summons in general mm-hmm. is how quickly they become outclassed. Right, like the fact that their level up structure is, you know, only the amount of times you can use them. So in addition to being a little bit discouraged from using them a lot just because they take a long time, <laughs> like they they become obsolete so quick. Right, like you you probably won't be using Shiva at this point. You know, and then in the past I've always been very like gun shy. I always wanted to have all my materia. Mm-hmm. This playthrough, since I played through it a bunch of times, I've been like, you know, if I'm not going to use something anymore, it's okay to sell it yeah. if I need the money. So I've, for the first time, broken that and sold off uh, Ifrit and Shiva and these yeah. guys. And I kept it because I wanted to master them all. So. Yeah. Yeah. If you're, if you're mastering them all, for sure. Yeah. Um, that, that's definitely a thing. That's that's a, I mean, that's that's a thing if you're taking on weapons. Yeah. That's a good. And, so, you know, summons eventually just become a way to do either non-elemental or, like, weird elemental damage. You know, like, yeah. I think Alexander is, like, the biggest and only source of holy damage in the game. So Leviathan you... for water. Yeah, He's exactly. water source, yeah. And you, you can pair them. Some of them have uh, have special, uh, you know, effects that if you do added effects will go. We talked last episode about doing added effect plus uh, plus Chocomog, which mm-hmm. uh, is, is a really overpowered way to paralyze everybody you attack. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And then what is the... helps, too. Good. What is the, uh, what is, so is the, the level of added effect, is that... 
the mathematics that determine the likelihood of the status effect happening? Yeah. Okay. So it's like counter or uh, or cover in gotcha. that regard. Yeah. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. Um, the other yeah. cool plot uh, event here is that you actually meet Zach's parents. Um, yeah. You know, Zach, who features, you know, very prominently later, uh, you know, they say like, oh, he was dating this girl from Midgar. He went off to soldier. You quickly put it together kind of like what's happening here. Mm-hmm. But, but uh but you don't realize how important he is until you know much later um yeah l- later in this episode in fact well yeah when you say you put it together like you don't quite put everything together right. with zach at this point but so, uh it is you know it is relevant it's interesting that, and we'll talk about it when we talk about all the zach stuff but mm-hmm. he came up really late in the game's development as well yeah so he becomes a plot figure late in the game he came in late in development and usually when something is kind of an afterthought i feel like it works worse than this does like i just in my you know, real-time playthrough just recently did the the thing that's going to happen next episode with where we get the full truth on Zach. Right. And I was surprised by how well it works. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, for being something that, you know, wasn't originally part of the game. Like, it's pretty neat. Yeah. And um, you realize kind of how, how much of a blank slate Cloud's whole character or his whole mm-hmm. characterization is. So they actually had a lot of leeway in order to fit him in. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't really like uh, uh, Scarlet very much. No, like, I think, no. like she's a pretty mustache twirly idiot. Like her and Heidegger. Yeah, which, some of the some of the worst villains in the game. Yeah, like just there's nothing to them. Like they're very two dimensional. Like even Palmer's more interesting just because he is an ineffectual bureaucrat. Yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah, but Scarlet's pretty garbage. Yeah. Um, but then you go to uh, Cosmo Canyon, which is where you find out that the spirits are angry. Yeah, <laughs> that's it. Yep, this is the the Native American centerpiece. Yeah, the game. even the music invokes it. Yeah, like that's it's, that's what it is supposed to be. I like the music a lot. You find out a lot of little tidbits here. This is kind of the center of the world for for environmentalism. Yeah, um, this is where Avalanche was formed. Yeah, you find out from, from Barrett <laughs> in a really weird way because the sense that I got before was that Avalanche was just what these five people were calling themselves, but they're actually alluding to this being a larger movement, which is really strange. I understand I, that that's carried out in the in the compilation. Like you get more of a sense of what Avalanche actually is, but uh, yeah. I always kind of consider it like that is true now that we, but if we ignore the compilation, which you should ignore the compilation in <laughs> most cases, um, you can think of it in terms of instead of Avalanche starting there, like this is where the organization started, like this is where the idea formed. Oh, yeah. Like you can think of it in terms like Barrett, you know, this is where this became important to him and he learned the things that, you know, like its origins were here right. without it being quite so strict. That's always kind of how I took it when I was younger because I always thought Avalanche was just those five people. Like I never mm-hmm. thought it was a organized, yeah. Like, know terrorist operation or they could be a cell and they just happen to be the cell that was closest to their target yeah yeah yep. totally and uh you run into um one of like the the most important npcs and also one of the most expository yeah. <laughs> uh, npcs in the game um bar none which is uh bugenhagen is that how you pronounce that i would well? say bugenhagen mm. it is but again you know because they're a little bit bugles yeah i guess yes yeah. those, those are always gross they have like a weird texture i'd I only had them when I was really young at my grandma's house. It, you put and them on your fingers so you can have like little cool claws. Like that's the Black pretty, Panther. That's pretty. That's pretty much all that I. Wait a minute. What? 
Yeah, like the, the Marvel Comics character, the Black Panther. Oh, okay. Not not like the not like the uh, the, the movement. The, yeah, not the movement. Did, you know, like did, the, here's the thing. I don't know a lot about Black History, Cole, <laughs> but I know that the Black Panthers loved bugles <laughs> and they hated Tom Jones. And they were also formed in Cosmo Canyon. Yes, the Black Panthers <laughs> formed in Cosmo Canyon. Ding 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 ding. Um, <laughs> Um, <laughs> but yeah, uh, you find you find Buchanan in here, and uh, he's Red Thirteen's uh, grandpa. This is where Red Thirteen comes from. Yep, yeah, which is cool. That mm-hmm. this comes up, and you learn uh, some neat things. Like when you're talking about how Barrett's character kind of climaxes early, mm-hmm. so does Red Thirteen. Yeah, like he's he's immediately going to have nothing to do after this section, you know, other than just kind of comment on things. Mm-hmm. Um, but you find out some. One of the things I like about him is that. Um, you know, he kind of comes off as wise and, uh, you know, and as Native American, because that's yeah. the way he's supposed to be. But then you find out that he's actually, in his species, he's like 17 yeah. years old. Like, he's just a dopey kid. Yeah. You know, I really like that about, mm-hmm. about him. I wish I would have done a little bit more with it, but I like that a lot. He gets here and he turns into a puppy. Yeah. Kind yeah, of. exactly. Like, like the, I don't know, if just like the way that he moves changes a little bit or the way that I perceive him moving changes. Like, he, he does his run animation more as opposed to just like walking to places like he did in Midgar. I don't mm-hmm. know. That's yeah, a, he's excited. Yeah, because yeah. he's, he's home and this is his grandpa. Yeah. Uh, it's all. He's also the last of his race, um, as we yeah. as we learned in the previous one, and we kind of find out, um, you know, here what actually happens to the rest of his people, right? Yes, which yeah. is a more or less like a, a total side plot. Yeah, there's nothing like there's no, it has nothing to do with the macro plot at all. Yeah, it has no bearing on anything. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, so essentially Red 13 thinks that, you know, after his people were attacked by an evil version of his people yeah, called the, the Gee. The Gee. Yeah. Um, his dad ran off and, and abandoned them. So mm-hmm. uh, that pays off here in, in a little bit. But first we have to l- learn a lot of things. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you, you, there's a lot of exposition go, first. You go to his Wonder Emporium in order to learn about the life stream and make yes. souls. Mr. Megorium's Wonder Emporium. Yes. Um, Hagen also, we should say, is probably also the last of his race. Yeah. Because he's <laughs> he's essentially just like a, a weird, like, sphere thing. Like, he's shaped like a kid's toy. <laughs> and thing. Like, just a series, like a snowman. He's like a floating snowman with a jacket. So, so I did some research on this because I was curious too. Like I never questioned it when I was little, but when I played it again here, you know, recently, I was like, "Well, what the fuck is he?" Turns mm-hmm. out that he's just an old dude who's floating on a on like this green orb. Oh, okay, so yeah. that's not supposed to be part of his body. Nope. Yeah, it just like his his clothing, like his robes, are obscuring the fact that he's you know sitting Indian style on this uh, green orb that's floating around, and the, I guess the green orb is Shinra Tech. Um, and since he shows up in Crisis Core, I've never played it, uh, but uh, it's a little bit bigger and it's more obviously mechanical. I, I have played Crisis Core, but I don't remember that yeah. part of it. Like I tend to, I, I go a little uh, Buchenhagen blind. Yeah, like there's a little bit. Like I don't mind him as a character, but he does signal to me that like the game is going to be telling, not showing yep. for a long time. So mm-hmm. like I, I don't check out. Like I pay attention, but it's a little redundant. And like some of like the writing in this game when we were talking about how we like the writing. Like a mm-hmm. lot of times it has to do with like broad stroke character decisions are good mm-hmm. and some individual moments, but text is more likely to be confusing or kind of purple prose. The more of it that's together. Like if someone's delivering a monologue, right. a lot, like you're much more likely to get kind of a groan or, you know, something that you don't quite get than if it's just like a little kind of back and forth or a conversation or something like that. Yeah. I feel like that the game does that better. Mm-hmm. Um, 
So this anytime someone's just you know saying a bunch of text, like it yeah. gets a little bit a little bit eye rolly. Yeah. And, you know, I, the, the entire notion of him having this simulation of the entire universe is a little bit eye-rolly yeah. as well. Um, yeah. yeah. Also, he's saying a lot of things that we've – characters have all been hinting at and saying mm-hmm. more or less the whole game. Yeah. Like this isn't learning that – so I feel like the connection is kind of already made mm-hmm. that the life stream is, you know, the Mako energy they're sucking out. And that's essentially like our souls mm-hmm. for lack of a better word. Like I feel like characters have been dancing around the periphery of that for a long time and Guggenhagen kind of feels like the characters come in and underline it like six times and put three yeah. exclamation points at the end yeah including showing how the planet will literally dry up and crumble to dust in yeah. space because it's kind of, of a neat little cutscene where it like yeah. shows the people like the people die and then the tree appears on the next side mm-hmm. you know it has that whole reincarnation problem where there's like for reincarnation to work doesn't there have to be kind of a static number of people of living things or yeah just like yeah. conservation of life energy or something yeah 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 where that's you know that's not the case but it's, it's kind of a cool little cutscene. Mm-hmm. yeah um yeah so you know learning the secrets of the universe causes everybody to kind of get introspective around uh you know what's happening here i'm not quite sure why we go to the geek cave like it's not like it leads to the other side for you know to get to nibbleheim because you just take your little cart machine and go there but uh you are compelled to go into this uh, into this sealed cave you go well so red 13 says like he's going to stay here like his journey yeah, is done yeah. and then i think Bugenhagen just comes up and and starts talking to red 13 mm-hmm. like when you're there and just says like you think this about your father you know and i think he like he might just literally ask you to help him show him this thing you know like oh, i need to show yeah. Red 13 you guys are friends with him it's like a friendship quest okay yeah you know um, oh. So you go into the Geek Cave, which is, uh, you know, a, we haven't had a dungeon for a while. Right. Um, dungeon. And uh, it's it's okay. Yeah. Um, the uh, There are kind of like some spikes. Um, there are the sliding floor thing that we talked about. It's a little bit different. Like, we're not pushing blocks on it. Yeah. But yeah. That, that video right. game. It just like the, pro- the, the, the trick is you can't run everywhere because you will be flung into spikes. Yeah. Essentially. Yeah. So you have to, you have to walk slowly, oil. which means more random encounters. Yep. Yeah. Which means, bleh. Yeah, a little, a little frustrating. If yeah. I remember right, I mean, it's been a while since I've been here, but you get some good treasure. Yeah, there's some good, there's some good armor, some good weapons and things. I forget if there is a materia here. Um, yeah, yeah, but it's like a, I think it's a it's a support materia that may or may not be a little bit helpful. This is also kind of the obligatory like undead evil dungeon, you know, kind mm-hmm. of thing, um, which pays off. When you fight this horrifying goblin statue thing, I, like seriously, that little animation. <laughs> when, when, he opens like, his mouth, like, yeah, like, he, like, turns, yeah, he turns into an emoticon. <laughs> yeah, a little bit, but like yeah. just like nothing else in the game really does that. Like the background doesn't animate, so to see this already scary face turn into a yeah thing, like it's kind of a large Marge moment. It's, it's it's very large march. It's very haunted house too. It's very yeah. like nah, 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 and, you know, the other, uh, you know, uh, yeah. yeah. But uh, you fight Gina Tak, who is the obligatory Final Fantasy. You know, he takes damage from healing spells. Yeah, I, I feel like I've known that in the past. This time, I didn't end up using it. Hmm. Um, which you you know, not not for any particular reason. Um, just didn't didn't need to, I guess. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that that is kind of a, a bo- checkbox. Yeah, in the Final Fantasy list, it's it's helpful because you know I generally always have Eris with me at this point, and I you know I, I had uh, like Cure Two or something you know yeah. attached you know attached to all, so that ends up being you know the 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 greater portion of my firepower up to this point. 
Yeah. That and uh, Red 13's uh, limit breaks are really useful here as well. Like the, mm-hmm. uh, it's not Seal Evil, it's the whatever it is, like Lunatic Moon. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And uh, yeah, you, and this is one of the, this is, it should be also be noted that you have to take him with you. This yeah. is a mandatory Red 13 point. So I had been using him up until this point, so that mm-hmm. was good. Um, maybe it would be irritating if, it, if you hadn't been. Right. Um, yeah, so you, so you beat them, and, and uh, he decides, you know, it's he wants to go out on his own. Or you, so he finds out um, that his father did not abandon them. He actually died protecting the escape route. Right. Um, and he was hit with so many poison arrows that he was paralyzed, mm-hmm. which makes me wonder about ghee poison. I wish that was reflected a little bit more in the, the fights you were having. Oh, yeah, like where more people would do, or where more enemies would do uh, um, petrification, yeah. stone. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I, I think that happens a little bit, but they also don't, like, I wish they, like, shot arrows or something like that, too. Like, there's a little weird, you know, missed opportunity to do some indirect mm-hmm. kind of exposition there. Um, but you see the statue of his yeah. father, Seto. Which inexplicably cries and howls. Yes, it's a very high drama. <laughs> um, yeah. But, the, but yeah, so b- because of all of this, you know, finding out that his father was, was brave and, and proved himself, Red 13 decides to, you know, go with you to prove himself as well. Right. Thus completing his character arc. Yep. Um, and yep. Uh, you're next up, you're, you're heading to, to Nibelheim. Yep, which is disturbingly intact. So the last yeah. time you saw it, the entire town was on fire. Yep. And when you talk to people about it, you can ask them just like, yes, I would like to stay at your inn. Or you can say like, what's going on? Mm-hmm. And uh, you kind of argue with them. Mm-hmm. Like, no, this town has been burned down and nobody knows what you're talking about. Yeah, it feels like a conspiracy. <laughs> Yeah, it is exactly what it feels like. Yeah. Um, you also start seeing these caped men walking around, mm-hmm. um, which, again, just because of the low fidelity of the sprites, look creepier than they would be. Like, they don't look like, they just kind of look like blobs, like black, kind of formless blobs. Yeah, yeah. Moving through things. And it kind of adds, like, a little bit of creepiness. But you find out that these are, you know, people in cloaks with tattoos. Mm-hmm. Yes, and they all have numbers. Uh, you've seen another one of these earlier, the, the, the guy in the tube who are sick. Yes. Um, yep. These guys are sick as well. Yes. Um, no, these guys is sick. Yeah, these guys. These guys. These guys was sick. Yes, and then uh, then they become just treasure boxes sometimes. Yeah, yeah. It is so kind sometimes of like, you click on them and they say something and then turn into an ether. Yep, they they, they mutter and then just yeah, yeah, show show up. So that that'll pay off in a big bad way a little bit later. But for right now, it just kind of like lends itself. And Nibelheim already looks super spooky. Like it's got this weird Southern Gothic architecture. You know, it's against the pointiest mountains known to man. Yes. <laughs> you know, it's got this gigantic foreboding mansion that uh, the corporation uses. It's, yeah. just, it's just real, real spooky. Yep. So you, so you head, head to that mansion, yeah. um, which we, we talked about, and, and we both like this mansion yeah. um, a whole lot. And you can do, this is the first, um, you can do this kind of side quest here. Mm-hmm. Um, you, get, you get these notes where they talk about um, like an experiment locked in the basement. Yeah. Um, which turns out to be Vincent. Yeah. They outright say that it's a Turk who knew too much, so they decided to do experiments on him. Yep. Yeah. And uh, to get him, you have to do the series. Like You have to figure out the digits of three of the four digits on the safe mm-hmm. um, combination through some like pretty esoteric clues. Yeah, uh, so it's like, you know, four steps up from the grand piano. <laughs> like, yeah. Well, I don't move in steps. So Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. This isn't Abe's Odyssey. Like I don't have like a, a discrete movement. There's no grid amount. Yeah. So it gets it's a little bit tricky to do so. Um and then I like the uh, digital safe yeah. you know yeah. combination where it's like this this old, you know, junky uh bank style safe. It has this like super digital 
readout. Um, inputting the safe combination is hard, even on its own. Yeah, yeah, that is super bit. tricky. Even if you know the answer, there's no guarantee that you're going to be able to pull it off. You can't. Yeah, you can't go past the number. Right. So, like you, you know, you do like you know, fifty six left, eighty five right, whatever. But you can't go past a thing. So if yeah. you go past it, you have to wait for the time to. Yeah. to run out, you which up, is really annoying. You end up with 2502 on your gas, on your yeah. gas tank. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, uh, which doesn't matter anymore because you just pay with a credit card anyway. I don't know why that bothers me. Oh wait, because I'm psychotic. Yeah, okay. I know why it bothers you, Cole. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Dude, do we need to have a talk? <laughs> Moving on. Yeah. <laughs> Moving on. Dot org. Um, <laughs> the uh, uh, so if you open the safe, you get Odin. Um, which is a a cool like they they made Odin a better better summon in right this game. right because he because yeah if he doesn't if he can't he detects whether you can instant death things and mm-hmm. if not he just does good damage yeah good non elemental damage yeah so Odin's really cool but then you fight Lost Number who is a really tough boss that you're not supposed to fight yet nope <laughs> yeah which I I banged my head up against him a couple of times and then uh, ended up coming back and getting him mm-hmm. um, shortly later he's an interesting boss though because he is. Uh, so first of all, like his name, you know, so he's a lost number. All of Hojo's experiments have been numbered right. from this point. So this is a cast off experiment, mm-hmm. you know, that was hiding in a safe, I guess. Um, <laughs> yes. And then the uh, he has an interesting mechanic where uh, once you get him down to half health, depending on whether it was a magic or physical attack, that becomes his like strength. So if you knock him below that point with a physical attack, he becomes super strong and super resistant to physical attacks. Right. And then vice versa, you know, same thing with magic. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you have like a, a specific, you know, at this point, I didn't have big guard. I did have barrier all. So when I was trying to beat him the first time, honestly, I was like, okay, well, I need to make sure that I kill him, you know, hit this point with a physical attack mm-hmm. because I want him to be doing physical attacks to me that I can barrier right. my way through. Um, so he's a pretty cool boss. Like he's one of the first, not one of the first, but he is a boss with a real definitive gimmick. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, that 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 forces you to come up with a new strategy, which is not just you know big guard and then use up every strong attack that I have. Yeah, and pray yeah. you know and, and pray for a limit break. He's made uh, he he's one of the bosses that is made incredibly uh, much easier by using Eris's seal evil limit break. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you if you go into this fight with a full limit break on Eris, um, it's a little bit like so. So I think that that is level two on her. Um, it is. Yes, it is. So, so that uh, it's a little bit difficult because you're used to having her heal all spell, which is incredibly useful. So you have to, you know, kind of like limit her in one way in order to get this immediate advantage in this. Yeah, form. yeah. Well, you can you can turn anyone into a heal all. Yeah, like true. usually in, in in my my party setup, at least two people can do restore all. Yeah, true. Just because it's it's super useful. Mm-hmm. Um, when you beat him, nothing immediately tells you that anything has changed right you just get a key yeah yeah so you get a key and then so you head down to the basement and this is where you can first run into vincent who since we got yuffie last episode this is the last character Mm -hmm. um where well we're gonna still get sid but this is the last optional character right right in the game um that that you're going to get so um vincent is cool like i liked vincent a lot when i was younger Mm -hmm. i'm playing with him now and i i still like him um, you know, for a little while I was like, you know, he's too badass and dumb, but I actually, I, man, I like his design. Like it's, it's a little anime <laughs> but he's a long range character. His limit breaks, which formerly annoyed me because they're unpredictable mm-hmm. are actually really powerful. Like I had a couple, uh, bosses that ended up winning against with just him being alive in his limit form. Oh, really? And yeah, cause he gets a huge, huge HP boost 
when he does those. So like if he start, if he has three thousand hit points, his limit version will have five thousand five hundred. Mm-hmm. And at this point in the game, that's really really hardy. Yeah, that's a big difference. Yeah. 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 I like how his limit forms are just universal horror monsters. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. He turns into monsters. Yeah. He, tur- he turns into like other kind of things. So it's just signs of the experiments that have been been done on. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. do we get? Is he actually a vampire, or is that just a like some kind of affectation that he has? I, I don't think he's actually a vampire. Uh, okay. I think it's just an affectation. I I didn't get far enough even in the Dirge of Sergius Let's Play I was watching to <laughs> to find out more about yeah. his backstory. It's so it's, bizarre that they just took a, a an optional character and made mm, like he's, very, it, he's, he's it, real popular because oh, yeah. he's because he looks like he was designed to appeal to like you know me at the age where I played this game. <laughs> You know, like I was drawing characters that looked like this. This is for like Gambit fans. Oh, yeah. People with long flowing coats and (laughs) something covering their face. Yeah. And I guess if they wanted to make a shooter, who else would they have besides Palmer? Yeah. Or or like Barrett. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, Barrett. I guess that's more. But Barrett's like not a leading character. Like that'd be like too self-aware of a game. (laughs) Like I would appreciate that. But at the time, like Final Fantasy has always been like, you know, pretty serious. Mm -hmm. And the really compilation of Final Fantasy is incredibly like. Yeah dark and serious and everything like that like this character yeah exactly like matches that perfectly i've always i was surprised by how i've never played dirge of cerberus Mm -hmm. which surprises me and then i was surprised that no one has ever said like it's there's anything worthwhile about it like on the surface if you watch someone play it there's nothing immediately to see why it's so bad Mm -hmm. have you ever played it no i've never played it i mean i I know roughly the plot okay yeah Yeah. someday I'll, i'll i'll put that on my like pile of critically shat on games that all like like the brotherhood of steel ps2 game that like mm-hmm. eventually i mean i have played that but that eventually i'll play yeah i don't even know if it was critically shat on i think it was just really really mediocre i it has a really bad reputation now mm. at the very least like so, like what what know. made you stop watching the let's play just kind of uh, just kind of boring okay like they're, they're and boring and just kind of uh you know time okay. time things yeah like just ran out of time but it also was like not uh it was a little bit so maybe it's just boring to play Mm-hmm. You know, it looked like he was just shooting people. It looked yeah. like you know, shooting people's fun mm-hmm. um, in video games. Yep. Yeah. So, but uh, Vincent initially refuses to uh, refuses to join you. Yeah. You know, he talks about. I forget. Is this where he kind of exposes that? Uh, you know, Sephiroth is Lucretia's son. In I think he maybe hints at it. Like his his backstory and his relationship to Lucretia um happens here and then when you can find his final weapon later. Yeah, yeah. Is, and and I don't remember which pieces okay. go where. Yeah. Exactly. But like he starts dropping hints around. That that is the case. Yeah. And he starts kind of dropping hints about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we'll 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 save that. I love that bit just because of the visual storytelling. But uh but yeah, he's Vincent's got a grudge against Shinra and Rufus or not Rufus, uh Hojo, <laughs> obviously. Yeah. Uh, you yeah. know. Because he's sleeping in a coffin now, and people who haven't mm-hmm. been experimented on don't do that. <laughs> yeah, and he's just been waiting for someone to open that safe. Yep, it's just uh, to get out. So, yeah, uh, yeah, you can get him to join you, join you here though. And again, it's nice at this point you can have you know two, again well, you, if you have Yuffie as well, um, you can have two long range characters, which there's a you know there's advantages to be had there. Yeah, if you want to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, you also go into the lab, and you you know you find out Sephiroth's been here ahead of you. Uh, you can read a book that kind of talks about the calamity from the skies, which is an awesome name for a thing. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's one of my favorite yeah, yeah. one of my favorite turns of phrase in the game. Um, and then you get kind of these hints that Sephiroth is holding a family reunion at the North Crater. Yeah, and you you brought the potato salad. <laughs> um. <laughs> potato salad gun. <laughs> 
Uh, <laughs> yeah. So, so you know that you're you're heading towards uh, the North Crater. Mm-hmm. You know, at some point, I confess that, like in this little middle bit here, like I didn't always know why I was going to the next town mm-hmm. that I was going to. You know, I don't know if that's a uh, if that's me or not, but like I felt like the kind of connective tissue of like, you know, in one town you get a clue to go to the next town. Like there were several times yeah. where I just felt like I was just going to the next thing I knew, either from my memory or the next thing available. Yeah, so I think it's a it's a combination of just kind of what do you run across? Like why would you go to Gongaga? Well, it's in the way, obviously, video game logic, but just kind of the general macro plot of this chapter is you're following in in uh, Sephiroth's footsteps. Right. right, right. But what what is the connective tissue that says to go to to Rocket Town? Like for example, like we're not quite there. Going going north, I think. Just in yeah, the, like you just, just run into it on the way north. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I guess I, I'm not gonna. I wouldn't harp on it too much, but that felt a little bit. Yeah. Oh, like, it is undermining. Yeah, you're just running into plot relevant stuff on the way, as opposed mm-hmm. to having a real reason to be there. When it seems like it would have been really easy to just instead of having like at this point, instead of saying Sephiroth is going to the North Crater, say Sephiroth is going to Mount Nibel. Yeah, you know, like or he was, like he's he going seen to Rocket going Town. Into that. Yeah. Exactly. Yep. Yeah. And then you're following breadcrumbs mm-hmm. rather than knowing, you know, the the end place and just the just moving forward because you can't get there. Mm-hmm. You know, which is a little weak. Yeah. Well, that like okay, so I'm not going to defend this, but it also could just be because there are so many Sephiroths walking around that, <laughs> like anywhere you go, it happens to be where there are Sephiroths. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, yeah Sephiroth is everywhere. Yeah. yeah, we're all made of Sephiroth. Yes, we are. <laughs> Mopey was wiser than he. Was. Yes. Yeah. You are all made of Sephiroth. Yep. Uh, but you could- shitty heroes rewrite. <laughs> if you listen to it it's it's definitely no. like it is it is a hero's rewrite what is i don't understand. Uh, you're all made of stars heroes uh, well, like what heroes are you speaking uh, david bowie okay yeah okay yeah it's it's like it's like a, i'll put it in the show notes but like i remember hearing it for the first time and just being like who the fuck does this guy think he is like oh this yeah. is this is a real like heroes ripoff yeah like, not like lyrically i mean lyrically thematically yeah but like yeah. musically it takes a lot of cues from heroes. yeah like that 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 like weird uh guitar you know, solo that yeah. overlies everything, or not solo. It's four notes, but the the riff. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's it's like in the same key, and it just has, sounds all like heroes. Yeah, it's like come on, Moby. Mm. I don't have as deep a catalog on Bowie as you do, but now that you pointed out, it definitely makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Frustrating. Mm. Moby frustrates me. <laughs> yeah, as, as um, well he should. Yeah, God, what an obnoxious little. <laughs> what an obnoxious little man. Yeah, that's, that's one of my favorite bits in uh in in Community. <laughs> Where the dean uh, is replaced with uh, an imposter who is a celebrity impersonator for Moby. I've I've not uh, not seen that show very much. It's really good. I like it a lot. That's what I've heard. Um, I've just been intimidated because I'm on one end of it as opposed to the other. Yeah. So it's having and, and, that, and that's where I was too. I was just kind of like, uh, I don't know. I don't know if I have room in my life for another show. But I did, and I was happy it paid off. Yeah. Anyway, you know, who who knows what the you know when you take those plunges on those kind of things. Yeah. You know the uh, so I, I think I watched the first three episodes mm-hmm. of it and like thought it was funny, but I've also heard that it picks up. Yep. Like yeah, while it hasn't doing, felt like transcendently brilliant to me yet or while, anything. While we're doing um, TV recommendations, I would like to suggest you give Breaking or, Bad. <laughs> yeah, there's a show <laughs> called Breaking Bad. Uh, <laughs> no, I would like to suggest that you give Orange Is the New Black a shot. I've heard that as well. Yeah, um, yeah, that's supposed to be really great. Yeah, um, yeah, I am. I am interested in that. Mm-hmm. I had to finish up Arrested Development season four. Yeah, yeah, I, I did that so. in like a day. It was weird. 
Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. I, I'm not done with it, but we can talk about that some extra so time when we get there because I've definitely got some thoughts about how that's panning out. Yeah, me too. Um, yeah. yeah. So, but, but uh, you, you know, you follow any number of the Moby impersonators up to uh, <laughs> up, up into Mount Nibble, um, which, again, you know, you've been here before, so it's, you know, got this kind of eerie, you know, shouldn't this all be gone kind of quality to it? Um, yeah. You know, or at the very least degraded in some way. Uh, but You're exploring maybe... different areas than you've been, though. Yeah, it's true. And it's kind of it's interesting, too, because, like, there's stuff off. You can go visit things you've already been to that are mm-hmm. off of, like, the necessary path. Yeah. Like, you, know? you, so, like, you don't really have to go into the into the reactor. I guess you can't go into the reactor because it's locked up. Yeah. 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 But so, uh, yeah, exactly. Knowing exactly where to go to can, you know, make the progress move mm-hmm. forward here is a little bit tricky. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, so there, here's a pro tip, which I can't uh, like nobody would know to do this naturally. But for some reason, my little kid muscle memory uh, told me, you know, OK, you need to steal from the dragons, uh, which are here. And it's neat to fight them again, because initially they're, you know, you had to have big brother um, fight them for you. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, if you steal, uh, if you steal from them, you get gold brazers, which end up being your best armor up through like the Temple of the Ancients. Yeah, it's it yeah, advances because the armor has just been moving up. You know, like sil- like mithril, it's, it's been, silver. It's been moving up the periodic table. Eventually, yeah, exactly. get like Einsteinium bracer. Yeah, yeah, just just moving up in value. Yeah, um, if not hardness, and the uh, this lets you skip a step. Yep, and get the next highest uh, armor. Yeah, so. and and that's something like I I I feel compelled to always have uh, you know somebody with steel in my party. Um, yeah. Just because I know that there are generally game-breaking things that you can get by doing that. However, that's not so much the case here. There are very specific things that you can steal and go after, much like the enemy skill, you know, materia. Yeah. If, you, if you know your hit list, you can you can safely get them and then not worry about it for the rest of the game. Right. With, with materia, I'm always torn between, like, materia being valuable real estate because it feels wasteful not to have things be leveled up. Mm-hmm. Especially since it's literally AP is money. Mm-hmm. In the game, like as you know, material yeah, yeah. acquires AP, it acquires value, um, and the fact that like that affects your stats, which I don't think we really talked about when you talked about materia. But that's something I'm trying to be more cognizant of this playthrough, and never paid very much attention to right. when I was younger. But they they affect your level up stats the same way Magicite did. So you know, loading up every character with materia, while it means that material will level up and they'll have a wide palette of things to do, mm-hmm. can really negatively affect them if you're not planning to play them as a mage because it decreases their hit points. Um, at the and increases their MP. Right. Um, so the uh, I don't I didn't end up doing very much stealing here. I do have steel equipped, and the reason why I do it is because eventually I got the added cut mm-hmm. materia. So like yeah. putting something added cut on something justifies using it. Right. You know, if it's something like that, that may like it's the same thing with like morph. Mm-hmm. Like if you wanted to fuck around with morph, which is not very useful, um, adding added cut to it. Mm-hmm. It's like then just use it instead of attack, and you're yeah. not losing anything. Especially with steel, since it takes so much AP to get to get mug. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Um, mm-hmm. Added cut is great. Like I, and it's so hidden. Like <laughs> we'll talk about that in a little bit. But like it's so goddamn hidden. Yeah. <laughs> like added cut drives me nuts. Yeah. Added cut drives me nuts. <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh, th- th- this this whole dungeon, it's it's pretty much just uh, it's a kind of a saggy middle. Uh, you do like this little ladder tube puzzle kind of thing. Yeah. Um, I forget what material you get here, but uh, it's one that you want to get. You just have to figure out which tube to jump down. Um, and you fight this neat-looking boss that's real hard called the Materia Keeper. Yeah. Yep, yep. Yeah. Um, who, speaking of enemy skills, uh, uses mm-hmm. Trine. So you can get Trine, which is a pretty good yeah. attack all enemy skill. Yeah, it's basically Thunder 2.5. Yep. Yeah. 
Um, and then this is, I, I feel the need to comment on this just because it's a dumb name. I got Climb Hazard here, Cloud's uh, yeah. uh, Limit Break. Klim is a is a dirty thing, right? That's a dirty word. And that's Klim? What, yeah. I think you're mixing up uh, Quim, yeah. which is a, a euph- like old-timey euphemism for vagina and clit, mm. which is a new-timey euphemism for clit. So the uh, I think like I don't think uh, Klim is a is a thing. Yeah. Um. Let me let, let me see here. There's Just, trim. Uh, trim is a thing. Yeah. Getting get that tram. Uh. Hmm. I thought that that was a dirty thing. So why? It just I'm, sounds like a lot of dirty things. <laughs> yeah, that's true. It is dirty thing adjacent. Yeah. Let, like it. Let yeah. us know, listeners. Yeah, and we can, there's no reason not to turn. Like next time you're with a lady, if you want to refer to any part of her as a Clem Hazard, uh, <laughs> feel free or Clem Hazard. It's like a like a PSA, yeah. <laughs> like, like an STD PSA from the World War II. <laughs> ah, when you sleep with that lady, you're sleeping with Hitler. Yeah, you're yeah. sleeping. You look out for the Clem. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, really, this is just a stop on the way to uh, on the way to Rocket Town, which is the best. Yeah. Yep, Rocket Town is really cool. Yeah. It's one of my favorite towns of the game, mm-hmm. if if not my favorite. Yeah, like this actually might be my favorite uh, town in the game. Yeah, because, um, because it's just like like these other towns. It is you know this crazy little provincial, you know semi medieval kind of place that is in the shadow of. You know, an artifact of, of Midgar. Stuff. Yeah. Or, and it's, it's just the different ways that Shinra has kind of chewed up and spit out these little towns. Mm-hmm. And we've seen a lot of just like, oh, there was a reactor and it blew up, which tends to be. But this is a little bit different than that. Yeah. I guess like so the reason you want to come here is to get a way to cross the water. Yeah. However, you didn't really, you know, no one said, like, let's go to Rocket Town to get a way to cross the water. Mm-hmm. So that's I guess that's why it seems so weird. You just happen to come across something that can cross the water that is not a boat. Mm-hmm. Like, it, you know, it, it's just it's a little bit goofy. And I guess that just speaks to the dots not quite being connected here. Yeah. Um, so you find like the centerpiece of Rocket Town is a big uh, ruined rocket that is leaning mm-hmm. over. Yeah. yeah. That you find out that the captain, who is the, you know, the stand in leader of the town, he spends all of his time up there trying to rehab it. Yep. Yeah. 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 And he's the he's the best character in the game. Yes. bar none yeah and he's, he's one of my favorite final fantasy characters yeah um sid is real good even though now with my 2013 you know sensitivity some of the uh you know just like flagrant calling somebody a bitch constantly yeah like he's a, he's a little bit like more troubling in that it's, respect it's than uncomfortable than I remember him being it's uncomfortable like just the like the tones of like spousal abuse yeah um, yeah no, no good that stuff may be a little bit uncomfortable, but you kind of chalk it up to like, you know, he never hits her and you just chalk it up to like racist grandpa. Yeah, like, a little bit. Sid is probably a racist grandpa. But he's like 32. Like in that, I, I know that it's it's not original <laughs> to talk about like, oh, well, these ages aren't representative at all. <laughs> like, yeah. But like, yeah. He, like he, he, in, in spirit, he is a grandpa. Yeah, I like to think of him as older than that. He also has gray yeah. hair. In, in his in his mocking around sprite, yeah, and then he has like blonde hair in the concept art, yeah, and then he yeah. looks like a member of NSYNC and Advent Children, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yep, um, so. yeah. I mean, you don't you don't become like a thirty two, like if you're a thirty two year old and you're, you know, smoking cigars like the same way that this guy probably smokes cigars, <laughs> yeah. like he's an old soul, yeah, 
you know, like you have to be a, it's a studied affectation if you're smoking cigars with this frequency <laughs> and you're like that young. You know, it is he. I don't know. I'm thinking I'm going to I want he's 48 in my world. Like, you know, done and done. Like he, so he's the opposite of Red 13. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Right th- <laughs> exactly. Yeah. We we had to get to his his backstory where he's been saying he's thirty two, but he's actually older. Yeah. Like his mystic grandpa tells you that he was lying. <laughs> it's, it's mystic grandpa. <laughs> yeah. yeah, like he's also the smartest character in the game too. Like I, well, in just, terms uh, in terms yeah. of sheer technical competence, right? Yeah, like, yeah. He, mean, has, I, he has achieved the most in science of pretty much anybody, right? Yeah. Yep, and he, he's he's a pilot, like, yeah. and he's you know he's he. I don't think he necessarily built the rocket from from the ground up, but he knows a lot about that stuff. Mm-hmm. I also like it when a character when you are playing a game with a character who kind of recognizes some of the stuff as bullshit, mm-hmm. and like we'll cut to the chase with some of the things. Like later on in the game when shit starts going down, sometimes he's like, "No, fuck it, I'm getting out of here." Like he just has like a sense of like real world self preservation. Yeah, you know, I God damn it. In the moment, we'll talk about it again. My one of my favorite Sid moment is, is coming up, um, at like the climax of the of the game, mm-hmm. the, the midpoint of the game, which yep. is wonderful. Um, yeah, I, I really like him. At this point, though, you know, you know that he's going to be in your party because you get a chance to name him. Yeah. Um, <laughs> if you ever go to a go to a social gathering and someone says like, "Well, I don't care what you call me. What do you want to name me?" <laughs> Just know that you're going to be going on an adventure with that person. <laughs> I guess. All I yeah. can imagine is like some kind of weird BDSM relationship where you're like going to the meat market and it's kind of like, I'll, call I'll be, <laughs> yeah, call me whatever you want to. Yeah. Well, you're going to go on an adventure with that person. Yeah, either exactly. Way. Pre- precisely. That's whatever it. sense of the word adventure. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but yeah, Sid, Sid's real good. I like uh, giving him a voice, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's just the one one of the more animated and uh, distinct characters in the game. And I like his limit yeah. breaks a lot too. I have a I have a soft spot um, in my heart. It's a real medical problem, and I'm probably not going to live very long. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, I have I have, a, I have a real soft spot in my heart for any kind of uh, for any kind of like dragoon character in a Final Fantasy game. Yeah, and, Cole likes uh, spears. Yes, Cole loves spears, and yeah. uh, he's got spears. Yep, he's a, he's the spearman. Um, the way that uh, I love the, also the way he runs too. It's like hips first. Yeah, <laughs> like he has this real kind of goofy walk. Yep, uh, I, I think is really great. Mm-hmm. Anyway, Viva, Viva Sid. Viva. <laughs> I'm on Team Sid. Yeah, Team Sid. Team Sid. But uh, he's here, so you 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 find him, and he's talking about like, hey, Shinra's coming in. They're going to be talking about uh, you know possibly reviving the space program. You get the sense that he is both kind of in league with the Shinra, but also really angry with how like just progress has marched on beyond him, and mm-hmm. their priorities have gone elsewhere. So you know, like, ah, crap, Shinra's going to show up. Um, right. Yeah. He, you get a little bit of like he's he's going to gussy himself up and kind of make a presentation. Yeah. Um, he's wrong. Like that's not really what's going to go on. Right. You know that's not the, really the whole point of it. But you get his backstory. Um, you know, you talk to his wife, and he was the uh, the the head of Shinra's space program. Mm-hmm. They originally, you know, somebody once said maybe the moon's made out of Mako, and, and everyone, <laughs> went, holy shit, and then decided to start a space program because it's the mm-hmm. only thing that Shinra cares about. Uh, so they started a space program. And uh, they were all ready for launch. He was going to be the first man in space, and this was you know a huge deal to him. And uh, his uh, his wife, or is she? I think doesn't he say like they're not married? Married? No, they're 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 not married. She like yeah. she was just like his research assistant or something like that. Yeah. They get married later, like in the compilation somehow. Yeah, like common but, law wife. Yeah, pretty much. Um, like Shira, um, they're like in in kind of an amazing 
you know, like inefficient <laughs> like thing. It doesn't like it doesn't make that it's like poignant, but it doesn't make that much sense mm-hmm. that they're just like, you know, she's doing the safety checks, which should have been done weeks in advance. Mm-hmm. You know, not like right before, not well, as the, the rocket is heating up. Well, they comment that she keeps going in and checking and checking and checking it. Right. But but she finds there's a problem. Yeah. Isn't she later? She's later, you know, so like in yeah, those, she's later those vindicated. Time, yeah. All those times that they checked it before, they just didn't catch it, which mm-hmm. is weird. Um, also, like, so the whole thing, she's checking it and like he's making the choice whether he can take off now um, and the thrusters will literally like burn her up. Yeah. You know where she's at. Like it's just the engine room's going to get real hot and mm-hmm. kill her or he can abort launch. And there's this because this like there's no way to just like abort launch without ruining <sighs> the rocket. Right. Which I also don't understand that. Right. Exactly. Well, like they like they were too far into the into the sequence. Yeah. I guess. Yeah. Like yeah. He, like he was you know and Sid's like yelling at her saying hey you're gonna die you know like and then the 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 whole conflict like the reason why it's fucked up is because he waited so long just to say no that's the way that I read the situation oh yeah right just kind of like okay I need to decide is it worth killing this person in order for me to get into space well if he could have just said no nothing happened with the rocket she makes the check she leaves then they just fire the rocket. Mm-hmm. You know, at that point, like they did wait, they did wait too long. But it seems like it would have mm-hmm. been salvageable if he would have just been like, no, this is, you know, it's just this weird. Mm-hmm. I mean, I understand video games had different logic than yeah. real life, but it's just this weird uh, the way the safety works in games yeah. versus versus real life. Anyway, like when you, you get kind of the, the color of the relationship afterwards, because he is a real dickhead to her. Yeah. Like he's just, you know, bitch, make it make her my guest coffee. Like he's just, you know, re- being really, really cruel to her. Uh huh. And uh, and then you find out why. And yeah. It's because he kind of blames her for ruining his chances to go into space. Right. And then Shinra, because they're like a little you know a little cat distracted by a bird, like uh-huh. decided to just abandon space yeah. altogether on the drop of a dime. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah. And then Palmer, uh, who I forget, like all, all of the executives have have weird titles. Like Heidegger is in charge of like like civil maintenance or something like that yeah. which includes building death robots like yeah. palmer is like he, he might just be in charge of like the aeronautics division or something yeah i think i think he's aeronautics yeah something like that yeah. so when, when people show up like when so you know he says like make my guest some tea you know the sooner is gonna show up sooner show up and he runs out to talk to him and they're not here to like start the space program they're here to borrow that fucking plane that you're here to borrow yeah like shinra like the, like the most powerful organization on the planet by far needs to borrow borrow up an airplane yeah <laughs> like Yo, man, pretty can we bum a ride <laughs> and don't we establish that they have an airship they're the people who bring the airship and that you eventually get mm-hmm. what are they doing why do they need to borrow the tiny bronco uh maybe it can fly lower i'm i have no idea yeah I it's really it's a little silly like yeah. it's it's like when we talk about blinking your eyes this is like it's like looking at a magic eye like relax <laughs> your brain a little bit and yeah. moment to moment it all follows and then once yep. you start kind of poking holes in it like this doesn't make any sense Vastly. Plot, like the emotional beats are there but the 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 mechanical beats are not that becomes a big bad problem later on yeah yeah yep yep so I'm not somebody who gets like too hung up on plot holes and things like no, a lot of the time, but th- this, this does seem silly to me. Yeah. Like when I found out like, Oh, why am I here? Oh, like I happen to find out after I get here that there's a plane I need. Mm-hmm. And then Shinra is going there for a plane. Like even they could have just had like Shinra be like, you know, have a uh, Elena drop that they're, they need a plane and they're going here. Mm-hmm. And that would have been a good reason to go here. Like it yeah. just, you know, the pieces are just kind of mumbled up. Yeah. Like just like make an effort to motivate it or, you know, hand wave mm-hmm. it really. Yeah. yeah. Um, so while and their plan is to talk to, to Sid while Palmer steals it. Right. In the back. 
like they don't just want to put a gun to him and just take it <laughs> or so offer him money for it or anything like that. Mm-hmm. It's just like let's just send Fatty out back to like steal <laughs> while no one's looking. Yeah, <laughs> um, Fatty who takes lard in his tea. Yeah, which is amazing. Yeah, <laughs> amazing detail. Really mm-hmm. gross. Yeah, real um, sick. You know, uh, I guess there was like a movement like people put butter in their tea. That's a kind of a thing now. Yeah, I don't know. Like I don't even put cream in coffee. So like or not another tea I meant in their coffee. Yeah. Um, no, I, I put cream in coffee, and mm. it's not like mean, it's not hillbillies who put butter in their coffee. Like it's like a high end. Yeah, it's going to nice coffee places. Like, like some people will do it. It'll set off the mouth feel. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I like a cream in a coffee. Yeah. Um, yeah. But the uh, so you happen to go back and look at the plane too, and mm-hmm. you catch Palmer stealing, and you do a not really a boss fight, like an interactive <laughs> cutscene. Kind of like like there, there's a boss fight that precedes it. Like you know, he has this gun that shoots different effects. He's a pushover. And yeah, that, like that's what real, I mean. That's yeah, why I'm yeah. calling it in, in like a interactive cutscene because yeah. it's like it's just you know just yeah. tap A until you win more yeah. or less. Like he's not very hard. Yeah, but it's also kind of crazy because like narrative beats happen in the in the engine. In, in, oh, the, yeah. in the battle scene engine because like the, the the Shinra truck pulls around and then like just r- r- runs him over. Like yeah. shattering his pelvis and femur and making it so he like always has to walk with a cane. Yeah, <laughs> like, <laughs> exactly, exactly. Yeah. Um, so you you take the plane. Yeah. And start flying your way, and then uh, in kind of like a north by northwest scene. Yeah. Um, <laughs> like Sid, Sid runs in front of it and eventually jumps on the plane yeah. and just takes off with you. Yeah. And the Shinra are taking pot shots at it and they disable it. They basically clip the wing. Yeah. Um, and so it is not really a biplane, which would be awesome to fly around. It is a shitty boat. Yeah, it's like yeah, it's like the worst boat. <laughs> it is the worst. Like I have to say, this is probably the worst vehicle in any game. I was I was thinking about how like I feel like Final Fantasy VII has a very unsatisfying transportation, mm-hmm. uh, like a uh, arc. Uh, arc, yeah, that's what I was I was saying. Like because you know that's been that's always been a Final Fantasy thing. But here, you know, you start out with chocobos, which are fine. Chocobos are chocobos. And then in between, you get that hovercraft and you get the tiny bronco, both of which are not very cool or useful. Right. Like, they're useful because you need them to get past, like, a locked area. But they're not, they don't feel empowering or fun. They don't give you access to much optional stuff, which is, like, part of what transport's supposed to do. Mm-hmm. Like, the tiny bronco does give you uh, access to Wutai, mm-hmm. which we're going to talk about next. But yeah. the... Uh, you know, it's not it's not it's not very empowering until you get the airship. Yeah, and then it's like then you're at full volume like empowerment. Yeah. Well, I guess until you get the gold chocobo. Yeah, but it's it's incredibly inconvenient because you can only fly in shallows and rivers. So you know, in order to get to some place, you know, that is theoretically across the world, like when you're going to the Temple of the Ancients, you have to find a route that goes around entire continents. Which yeah. would be like a seven month journey in real yeah. life. <laughs> Thank goodness there's no encounters in the, the tiny yeah. bronco. Well in the truck there. in the truck there are. Yeah. And that's what makes the truck thing? shitty. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like, yep. Um they should have done it like Final Fantasy Eight did the car. Yeah. Which like, you just have limited gas, but there's no encounters. Mm-hmm. Um that did it much better. Yeah. Um so so you just kind of again, like no real reason to go to Wutai. Yeah. It just happens to be, you know, you're really not it's you know like a, you're a little directionless at this point. Yeah, it's a it's a nearby landmass that you can you know you can now access that you couldn't access before. Yeah. Um, you know you can go north, you can go to the north continent, but uh, since this is the earliest that you um, have access to Wutai, it makes some sense to talk about it. Yeah, uh, this is when I did it too. Yeah, just because I was looking for where to to go next, I just saw it as a town. It's level um, appropriate for right now too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Even though it's frustrating because it's a non-opt-in 
side quest. Yeah, if you're just like, if you're just poking around here and you pass the point of no return and you haven't saved, uh, you're you're done. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, you're not done. You just have to finish the side quest, well, yeah. and you could be very underpowered for it. Mm-hmm. You know, you, it's it's level appropriate, but it's not a pushover. Right. Um, so Yuffie, this entire time you've had her, has been waiting for a time to rob you. Because she's a bad person. <laughs> and she takes the opportunity of you being close to her hometown to steal all of your materia. Right. Um, and then you have to kind of pursue her to her hometown, Wutai. Yeah. Um, Le- learning along the way how much you've been relying on materia up to this point. Yeah. 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 Which, like, of course you have been. Mm-hmm. Like, that's, that yeah, is that, the that, primary. That's the character, yeah. That's, that's, but, that's the entirety of the agency you have over how to make your characters. Like, people yeah. do know materia runs on this game mm-hmm. because they don't like fun. <laughs> like I, just, I, I understand the way that would be challenging. Mm-hmm. I have no idea why that would be fun to play. Right. Um, yeah. So yeah. So you're stuck without your materia, mm-hmm. and uh, you're in this town, and like it, it also has a pretty interesting like way that uh, Shinra has destroyed it. Yeah. You know, so like Rocket Town, you know, they put a lot of money into it and then just abandoned. Mm-hmm. You know, it's so, like Rocket Town like didn't blow up or anything, but they just turned their attention elsewhere. Here, this is you know after a war that they had with the the. Uh, Eastern continent. Mm-hmm. Um, this has become like a like a tourist trap. Yeah, it's like a, it, it suffered the death of culture as opposed to like an actual physical setback. Yeah, it's like it's like um, subjugation and just like degradation, really. Yeah, yeah. yeah this is yeah. this is an embarrassed people. Yeah, which, of uh, uh, you know, maybe an uncomfortable, you know, reflection of Japan in post World War Two. You know. Yeah. Yeah, maybe, but it's like they're pay- played out to be victims. Like they're not played for fun, so it's okay yeah. to have that parallel. That it doesn't make me uncomfortable to yeah. to see it. True. Um, yeah, no, I guess I guess what I'm saying what, what I'm saying is like, oh, that's actually something in here that is really close to a major, you know, similar yeah. event that happened in the real world. So that, that yeah. that's the only reason why I say it's you know yeah. uncomfortable and, and like you know uncomfortably close, not uncomfortable yeah, because yeah. we're liberal yeah. pinkos, right? Um, yeah, so you, so you get here, you're looking for UV, and you're kind of following clues, and no one will sell you any materia here. Like, it is kind of like a depressed, uh, chintzy town. Yeah. Um, you run into the Turks here. Yeah. <laughs> who are straight up on vacation. They're like, Elena's like, are we going to get these guys? And Reno's like, nope. Yeah, not, not on our day off. <laughs> yeah, like, you, <laughs> and he's like drinking himself stupid at this point. Like, yeah. don't, don't make me stop drinking, please. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's like constant, uh, yeah, drunks. Mm-hmm. Um, so you kind of play a hide-and-seek with Yuffie, yeah. trying to find her. Some of the buildings here have, like, cool little hidden secrets and stuff. Yeah. Like, it's yeah. kind of a neat town in and of itself. Um, eventually, and I can't remember exactly how you find out what happened, do you feel like, what is the, the clue that tells you where to go? You, you find her. Yeah. She Yeah, this is what happens is you find her eventually by following the clues. Mm-hmm. She says she'll give you your materia back and, like, gives you, like, crocodile tears. Yeah. And then traps you in one of these, like, Final <laughs> Fantasy VII-style cages falling from the ceiling. Yeah. Like it's... in Resident Evil 4, like the fucking castle yeah. thing. Yeah. Which is just like, oh, I'll give it back. All you have to do is hit that lever. And it, tra- like, it traps two of the other two of your party members, and she uses that as an opportunity to get away. This is, yeah. like, in the basement of her palatial estate. Yep, and it's two levers, so she can say pull the lever on the right, and you can try to outsmart her if you don't trust her, but they both do the same thing. Right. Yeah, she's a jerk. Yep. But she's a, you know, has she said at this point that, like, she is trying, like, she's basically going out and gathering as much materia as possible because, you know, she's trying to give 
you know, Wutai more firepower, essentially. Just like, you know, she has this misguided belief that if, if Wutai, Wutai has access to more materia, um, they can actually, like, hold their own and actually be more of a force on the stage. I don't think she said it yet, but she says it when you get it back eventually. Yeah. Like she, she might have made mention to it when she was fake crying. Yeah. About things. Um, after you uh, take care of that, you run into the Turks who say that Elena has also been... Mm-hmm. Has, has disappeared. Yuffie's been kidnapped. Elena's been kidnapped. And mm-hmm. they give you a hint and they say, like, the highest place yeah. there. Like, if earlier, if you wanted to, you can go explore these kind of, like, gigantic statues of, like, Buddhas. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, Buddha, 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 Buddha Rushmore. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what it is. Like, Wutai has a big, boot, like, Rushmore of all their favorite Buddhas. <laughs> um, and you can go explore that and you find out that our old friend, uh, Don Corneo, mm-hmm. is, you know, Back to, you know, <laughs> Don Carnero, uh, running a business is my name. Reaping was another game of mine. Like, Jeez. it's just, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And, like, in a stupid Bond villain kind of thing, he has these women tied up to the to the face of the statue waiting for pursuers to come after him. <laughs> yeah. 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 And uh, you're kind of teaming up with the Turks, which is kind of fun. Yeah, yeah. Um, at this point, and they just say, like, stay out of my way. But you guys are helping each other. Mm-hmm. And he has another, his first pet was named Apps. <laughs> and now you're fighting Raps. Uh, um, and, uh, yeah, which, which is a pretty tough fight because you have no materia. Right. And he hits really, really hard. He casts Arrow 3, which is yep. just... and. Yeah. Reflect does not work on that. Nope. Despite my, so because uh, and the reason why you have reflect is that the pro tip for this is now is the time to use all those little items <laughs> that you've been getting. Yeah. So you get get like bolt plumes and dragon fangs and all that shit. Mm-hmm. Use them now. Yeah. Because there will never be an, an opportunity later where it makes sense to use those. Yeah, you always have your magic at this point. Yeah. So now is the time just to clear out your inventory. And the shops lend themselves to that. The shops sell uh, bolt two mm-hmm. items and fire two items. I think. Right. Um, so you can you can kind of stock up on item ways, and this is around the point in the game where money ceases to have an object mm-hmm. or have a value. Yeah, like I never, you know, I have so much money in this game. Yeah. Like, like the like like the only big ticket items after this are the lifetime pass to gold saucer, and then if you're wanting to uh, do any kind of like chocobo breeding or racing, uh, yeah. buying the best greens will cost you a couple million gil. But by this point, you have enough mastered all materia that you, you just have an unlimited source of money. Yeah, and and this isn't quite where, but shortly after this is when I started mastering, you know, seal and manipulate and kind of lesser materials. Yeah, and stuff that I don't mind selling the mastered versions for mm-hmm. fifty thousand gil because I don't, I'm never going to need it. Yeah, you know, so yeah, you can sell one mastered all materia, and it's just you, yeah, it's a lot of money. Yeah, um, one of my favorite, like one of the first, like haha, <laughs> funny, humorous image on the internet um, things I ever saw. Um, like on AOL, it took like five minutes to download, was a GIF that uh, um, showed your inventory screen in Final Fantasy VII. And it like uh, in one frame, it was like all of the, uh, you know, like bolt plume and all those and all those. And then it just like condensed down into useless shit, 99. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. More, more or less. Yeah. More or less the case. Mm-hmm. The um, the thing about selling mastered all materials is that alls are actually really useful though. Yeah, like having yeah. them having them with level five is actually pretty cool. So, mm-hmm. the yeah. uh, but but I like I, I generally always have enough in the pipeline that I can that I've attached you know I've attached it to what I need alled and battles just don't last long enough for me to need five casts. On that's them. true. Yeah. Like you'll you, and other than restore, you're unlikely to need five casts of anything, right. and that's just for the toughest boss fights. Mm-hmm. Um, so you, so you beat wraps, which is difficult, and. Uh, uh, Rude comes up and shoots Don Corneo. Yeah. At this point, and he almost falls off a cliff. 
<laughs> and then uh, Reno walks up and does a nice little inversion of the, you know, give me three guesses. Mm-hmm. Like what would make, you know, a badass Turk do this, uh, do this thing. And the, I think that like the, the end like result is something kind of like, you know, it's, it's also something real badass ish. Yeah. He says something like, you know, just doing his job or something like that. Like, mm-hmm. you know, it, it's real cool. He's a real cool customer. Yeah. And murders Don Corneo by knocking him off of a, a cliff. Yep. Yep. And then instead of, you know, turning their attention to your team and taking you in or whatever, they, it could either be just, I want to go back to drinking or it could be like a moment of mutual respect where it's like, ah, we'll leave it for later. Yeah. 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 It's a, it's a nicer, nice little character beats mm-hmm. in this whole section. Yeah. Um, I don't like that. It's not opt in. Um, is the only thing I really don't like about it is that yeah. you, like, you, you don't have to seek it out. It, right. you know, you just stumble upon it, which is a little frustrating. Mm-hmm. It also is like, I, you know, I understand why Yuffie wants to rebuild Utai. Mm-hmm. It's still a dick thing to do. Yeah. Regardless of her reasons for doing it. <laughs> like it's still kind of, you end up spending a lot of time with characters, like same thing with uh, Kate Sith later mm-hmm. where it's like, I, you know, I would boot these people out in, in a heartbeat. <laughs> yeah. Like these are bad people. I don't want them on my team, mm-hmm. you know? Um, so I wish that I could have yeah. kicked Yuffie out after this. Exactly. You say something really cruel when she t- tells you her like sob story about the the uh, the town needing it. Like mm-hmm. your, your the thing, your option, your dialogue thing, and says like I don't care about that. Just give me back my materia. Yeah, and it's like pretty mean, but also like I, you know I can't kind of true. Like I'm, like, I'm also trying to save the planet right now. Yeah, it's like I, I'm sympathetic. However, this is yeah. serious business. So yeah, go go buy your own materia. They sell them everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> Like, this place is lousy with them. But you've already mastered them. We could sell the mastered all and get enough to rehab Buddha Rushmore. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, like, one of like one of these caves is literally always on fire. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I know. Yeah. They just throw a couple ice, like, jam some ices into the, the fire spouts. Mm-hmm. The, um, when she gives you back your material, too, she scrambles them. Yeah. Which, which is fr- like, like, she's like, I don't think I remember where they're supposed to go. Yeah. So, which yeah. I, I like that, that makes me wish that you could actually like set like a template, save a profile. Yeah. Like save a profile. So you could be like, okay, here's a healer. Okay. Here is my, you know, DPS for like, you know, for lack of a better word. And you have an option to like transfer all of your material from one character to another, uh, equipment slots pending, you know, but mm-hmm. it's so hidden and it's so kind of janky that you know i spend most of my time fiddling in the menu every time i try and change my loadout right yeah when, it, when i get a new when i'm forced to use a new character or have to use character i tend to strip everybody yeah and then re-equip everybody like yeah. i have i have those templates in my mind mm-hmm. like i have a, a healer and then i have a uh, attacker and then i have a utility guy yeah and, and what i'm describing is basically the system from final fantasy 13 Mm-hmm. <laughs> where where you have these you know paradigms uh that you switch between but uh but yeah that would have been real useful hmm. yeah hmm. um you can also do some more side stuff here um there's like and i haven't done them yet in the game do you want to talk a little bit about them yeah yeah because you can do them here it's a little bit it's a little tough um but uh you know it pays off especially if you're using yuffie um and in, in general you get a really awesome uh summon here too so there's a uh, this gigantic pagoda at the back of the town um where the leader of the town is up at the top and you know yuffie is challenged to fight all of them one-on-one um and they're kind of a series of boss battles but they're puzzle kind of things you know as you know Mm -hmm. one-on-one fights don't really work that well in this and they're pretty tough so you have to figure out what the optimal material loadout is going to be for each of them um Mm -hmm. and so it's pretty fun there are five battles um you know going all the way up and most of it is generally won by putting added effect and bio 
um, onto her weapon and then having various summons. And, uh, of course, big guard is always useful um, in these situations. And when you get to the top, you fight, you know, Godo. Um, you know, been waiting for him all this time. And uh, <laughs> thanks. <laughs> and, and, uh, and, uh, you know, it's like, okay, you know, I'm not going to, you know, hold back on you just because you're my daughter. Oh, turns out that you have to use the princess of Wutai. Uh, <laughs> and it's a really, really tough battle. Uh, again, one-on-one with him. I don't think you're meant to beat him at this point. I did. Um, and when you win, you get her, uh, her limit break, her ultimate limit break, which is really useful. It's, uh, um, I think it does a bunch of damage. It's all creation. Um, it has, it's a bunch of hits. Yeah, it has, It's yeah. the most hits of any attack in the game, which mm-hmm. means if you pump her stats enough, it's the yeah. most damage of anything in the game. Yep. And then you also get Leviathan, uh, which we mentioned earlier is uh, is one of your big ways to do water damage against anything. One of your only be. ways. Yeah, yeah. It's like that in an aqua lung. Yep. Sitting. Oh, okay. <laughs> really? I can, um, I can name that tone in two notes. Aqua lung? <laughs> yeah. Danner. Yeah. <laughs> As we said at the beginning, this episode is brought to you by Audible.com. And for you, our dear listeners, Audible is offering a free audiobook download with a free 30-day trial to give you an opportunity to check out their service. To download your free audiobook today, go to audibletrial.com slash watchoutforfireballs. Again, that's audibletrial.com slash watchoutforfireballs for your free audiobook. So so if if you're following, so you leave here, you get all your stuff back. And uh, you know to head north, mm-hmm. and uh, you're looking for the Temple of the Ancients, mm-hmm. um, but you only know to go north, and you eventually run into Bone Village. Yeah, which is this bottleneck, uh, because there are no apparently no shallow coasts that lead just right around to the north, <laughs> and uh, the, the only way through is is, uh, is through this mountain pass that has this forest in it called the Sleeping Forest, which is keeping you out. Yeah. yeah. This, this whole this sequence of the game, this like, kind of treasure hunt yeah. for the way in the Temple of the Ancients, I find really tiresome. Mm-hmm. Like it's, it's, it feels like you're going, you don't spend too much time just going back to areas and not having them significantly changed. Mm-hmm. At least not for the first half of the game. You do a lot more of it in the second half. Mm-hmm. There's a lot more like, I wonder what's happening in Arsh. Yeah. And, uh, the, I, this is the, one of the first like saggy, like, I'm just like not really excited about what comes next. I don't really, I don't always have a clear clue of what I need to do next to get this thing. Mm-hmm. Um, the clues are really cryptic. Yeah. Um, you know, and you end up going to this like weapon seller near Gongaga, who just has a little hut. Mm-hmm. And you'd be, you know, very easily could have just missed this guy entirely right. on your way there. There's nothing about just him inherently that suggests that he would have what you need. Mm-hmm. You know, there's nothing, there's no part of him. It's just a cryptic clue. Right. So that gets a little frustrating. A little bit. Um, you know, you're, you're, you're on the hunt for the black materia and you, you know, just kind of by luck go here. turns out that this guy um, sold some information, I think, to Dio. Um, the, yeah. the, 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 the guy who runs gold saucer gets a little murky here. Uh, but, uh, so you go to the, so, so you go back to the, the gold saucer in order to, oh, it's the keystone. Like he has the keystone, yeah. which is the key to the, uh, to the, um, temple of the temple ancients, of the ancients. Yes. because you can find the temple of the ancients now, but mm-hmm. you can't get into it yet. Right. Yeah. And finding it again is a thing. Like all you know is like it's generally southerly. Yeah. And someone tells it like you get the clue that says it's directly east. It's yeah, not directly it's no, east. No, it's not. So don't yeah, don't listen to anything anyone says. It gets like Castlevania level two shit. Mm-hmm. Where like just everyone just, you know, telling you wrong information. Um so eventually you go to the uh 
to the golden saucer and you get stuck there. Mm-hmm. Um, the tram tram breaks down. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, that's actually uh, that's on your way back when you try to leave with the keystone. Yeah, yeah. So but first, they, yeah, they get through the battle arena. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Dio's like, hey, you know, I just got this thing. I'm not really inclined to let you borrow it. I would I would like to see you fight for my amusement. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> yeah. you, you don't have to win in the battle arena. That's really tough to do. Um, but you just have to participate and then you get it at the end right i i really like the battle, battle arena mm-hmm. like it's a very it's a really interesting way to handle this i ended mm-hmm. up winning but you don't get to keep your battle points yeah which was well, this you, time which is frustrating yeah you don't get to keep them if you leave the battle arena which if you're trying to save up for omni slash or for w summon yeah. i believe like you're going to be there for a really really long time yeah well even i'm just saying this this little interactive story part of it oh you're not like, you're yeah, not allowed yeah. to use them no, yeah, you can, you don't get them. After you leave this battle, you don't have your battle points mm-hmm. that it said you'd been amassing. Mm-hmm. So that's really frustrating. Like I was like, oh, I'm, I could just leave and just get the the key item, but I'll stay here and do some more battles because I'm having a good run of it. Oh yeah, um, let's uh, let's get some extra bonus stuff, and you can't do it. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's frustrating. But the the way the battles work is like they're solo battles. You choose one person, and uh, each round of the battle, they take something away from you. Right. So, like, it's either, like, a certain kind of materia or the certain commands, like the ability to attack, the ability to use items, and it's based on a slot machine. Right. Um, and so near the end, like, you can be severely crippled. Mm-hmm. Um, they start lowering your levels. Yeah. Like, by, a whole lot. By five, by ten. Yeah. Yep. And it can be really, really hard. So you have to be really resourceful, use, like, item, you know, single-use item stuff that you wouldn't ordinarily use. Mm-hmm. So, again, I ended up beating it. Um, you do get, like, a little item for you know, beating at this time. Mm-hmm. Like I think Dio gives you something, but I can't even remember what it is. Yeah. So, yeah. Regardless, you've, you know, held up your end of the bargain. Uh, you get the keystone, you attempt to leave and, uh, the tram is broken. Kate Sith tells you. Um, mm-hmm. and so you have to go stay at the creepy. I hotel. love the hotel. So good. Like I would, if there was actually like a hotel themed like this, I would stay at it in a minute. You, you would just, this is so good. You would rent, you would just like own a whole floor of it. <laughs> I, well, I would just anytime I go to that town all the time to like stay at Spooky Hotel, yeah. <laughs> like like this is like in my secret. This is the secret best part of go- the Golden Saucer. <laughs> like this is so good. Um, yeah, it's just like a haunted hotel, and it's full of like real ghosts, and uh, like there's an Iron Maiden in your room mm-hmm. that has an elixir in it. Yeah, and like yeah, it's just uh, like a little courtesy elixir. Like check the Iron Maiden <laughs> yeah. um, in your room. Like I, I just it's just it's super goofy. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just stupid, and I like how stupid it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's 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 real cool. Um, this also kind of has like a nice little story beat, which is, you know, you've had all these people join you since, you know, just just kind of by happenstance. Sid, you know, chief among them, Vincent kind of knows the score a little bit about Shinra or whatever. Um, but, you know, you have this opportunity to, you know, optionally recap the plot up to this point. Yeah. And yeah. We, we talked about that last episode yeah, yeah. as well. Like this happens a couple of times where this happens and the plot, you know, it does change like your understanding about. And that it's a function of the fact that there are so many unreliable narrators in this game. New information has come to light. Yeah, that happens a lot. That that re you know change a lot of what everything you knew is wrong mm-hmm. kind of happens. So yeah. it gets everyone up to speed, and kind of more famously, like in the middle of the night, um, whoever you have the highest relationship score with yeah. at this point wakes you up to go on a date. Mm-hmm. Um, and this can be um, any of the ladies. Um, including Yuffie is hard to do. It can be Barrett if you've pissed off all of the ladies. Yeah. So, um, yeah, and you go on a date. Yep. With them. Yep. So you go to the. Uh, so so first you go to the Wonder Square, something like that. Where no, nah, the Wonder Square is the Wonder arcade. Square is the arcade. Yeah, you go to the Event Square, which is the uh, which is where you the put play, on this dumb playhouse. little play. 
Yeah, it's real goofy. Like they yeah. they, they invite you on stage to improvise lines. Yeah. Uh, you know, this little like a dragon attacking mm-hmm. and whether the power is love or what have you. And you can either throw the play or you can do it legit. Yeah. Um, I went with Eris, even though I haven't been using her in my party mm-hmm. uh, at this point um, in the past. So I feel like that's canonically what you should be doing. Yeah. Um, you know, I've, I've tried it with other people um, in other playthroughs in the past. I've done it with Barrett before. Mm-hmm. And but you have to set out to do that. And I just wanted to see it. Um, you can look at them all online. It's real goofy. Yeah. You know, not just because haha, two guys are going on a date, but because those two guys happen to be Cloud and Barrett. Yeah, they're they're you know? they're, they're individual personalities. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The the Varys one, you know, ends up kind of being the most plot significant, just because you know she basically comes out and says like, I really would like to meet the real you, like really, yeah. really kind of like hinting heavily that maybe she, you know, you're reminded of her old boyfriend a little bit too much. Right, right. Yeah. She's she's kind of onto something. Little Easter egg, like that happens during a gondola ride. Mm-hmm. Um, later, if you do the gondola ride again, mm-hmm. which you don't have to, um, you get some kind of rare FMV scenes that show all of the different squares of the gold saucer. Oh, cool! Like little little intro movies for each one that you mm-hmm. don't see ordinarily because you're too busy talking about plot stuff. So, yeah. come back here when, when later when you get to the gold saucer if you want to see these cool little yeah. like you know the spooky spooky uh, hotel. And it's all its glory. It's just Cloud riding it over and over again, not getting off, just weeping. <laughs> <laughs> With just like a little, like a, a, a golem, an heiress golem that he's created. Yeah. Um, it's, it's, a, it's a broom that has like a paper plate that he drew a crude version of her face <laughs> on. Um, yeah. yeah. You also do the, the shooter game here. The two of you guys do that, which controls really frustratingly. Mm-hmm. Like you're aiming crosshairs with a D-pad. That's never good. Yeah. Okay, yeah. You know, you're right. Yeah, it's part of the date. Okay. Like, um, you guys go do a, do a full suite of dates. And yeah, I, I'm really bad at that shooter game. Like, I can never get... That's not a good gold piece GP maker yeah. for me. I like, like out, of, out of all of them, it's the most consistent way that you can get GP until you start doing Chocobo Racing. Mm. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, let me see here. I'm trying to think. The music during the during the gondola ride is real good. Too. Mm. I like yeah. that a lot. Um, like there, there, there's so many of the compositions that are just kind of made up of these different leitmotifs, and that mm-hmm. kind of has one of the like one of the nicer ones in it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, but uh, you get back, and then you find out that the the keystone's gone. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and what what happened? Kate Sith uh, throws it to Reno on a helicopter mm-hmm. because he's a dick. Yeah. <laughs> and the uh, he's a, he's a real big dick. Like yeah. he's he's not just like you you chase him around like and it, it's like a little like you know like Benny Hill yeah. kind of chase um, trying to catch him down and then eventually when you catch him he blackmails you into like having him stick around like yeah. he's been the spy this is why Shinra has known what you're doing mm-hmm. you know they don't always act like they know what you're doing but right. this is why they've been kind of one step ahead and shared information with you is because of this douchebag I don't I don't know how they know what I'm doing because I've never had him in my party yeah exactly <laughs> yeah. he's just hanging out in Costa del Sol yeah you're waiting, waiting by the PHS, waiting for it to ring. You know, oh, come on, come on! I need my shot at the big, Put me in, the, coach. Big, the big show. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, um, fix your limit breaks, then we'll talk. Yeah, yeah. the uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so this is, and he's like, yeah, we have Marlene hostage. Mm-hmm. Like he's, just, it's like really bad. Like like Reeve is a, <laughs> is a shithead. Yeah. Um, he's being piloted. Like he has a he's a toy being pi- like a spy robot, mm-hmm. which is just you know pretty goofy. Yeah. It, I, I only like it conceptually because it, it tur- you know, you know, it turns around in the second half of the game where, you know, Reeve himself ends up being the spy. 
you know, and yeah, <laughs> which is kind of neat, but does the but I mean I thought that too, but does like the turn that he makes does the does the justify does it narratively justify like the the death he's you know driven <laughs> in, up in, incurring? Yeah, uh, like, I, I, don't, I don't really think so. Like I think that like I would like somebody tell Barrett this and have him shoot him in the face while he's sleeping. Yeah, well, ev- you know? eventually, eventually, you know, it, it comes out that he's protecting Marlene too. Yeah, like, like once he realizes that. Um, you know, Shinra's become more James Bond villainy than, uh, than, than, than previously. So Reeve is the reason why Marlene gets out to calm. Yeah. 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 But that, I mean, it's still, I yeah. don't know. No, it's a shitty thing. I'm not saying like you should get a medal. Yeah. And also he, you know, discovering that Shinra are Bond villains, like, come on, like they spend their entire board meetings just like laughing maniacally. Like yeah. it's not, it's like, it, yeah. why, why sector, he, sector seven, <laughs> why he didn't charge out of the, you know, out of the boardroom when that, yeah. yeah. Go, go get a job, you know, <laughs> go work at the Chocobo ranch. Yeah. We're, we're work, work in the nonprofit sector for a while. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Get your karma right. Yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, so yeah, I do, I do not like Kate Sith. I do not like Reed very much. Nope. Um, and this is really, fr- and the fact that he just kind of like blackmails you into keeping him, like it would mm-hmm. be fine if like you lost him for a while. Oh, like yeah. I understand the game not wanting to cripple you if you've been using him as a character, but then he comes back after he changes his mind to do a rescue rather than like forcing you to keep him. Yeah. But I guess he's real plot relevant here in a minute. Yeah. So in the next area. So you know that uh, you know now the Turks Shinra are going to be going after the Temple of the Ancients. Uh, Sephiroth is still in play, um, and you 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 know kind of the goal was for you to get there and get the Black Materia before him. But now Shinra is likely going to open the door for him, uh, so he can get a hold of it. Yeah, I'd also like to point out that before we decided to split this into three episodes, everything we talked about so far would still be in the last episode. Yes, which was three hours long. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah, yeah. Looking yeah. at the clock now. Yeah, that was an, that was an insane. I'm yeah. glad I'm glad we corrected course. Yes, me too. Um, <laughs> um, yeah. So so you get to the uh, the temple of the ancients, um, and you find that the uh, the Turks have been you know left for, kind of beat up and and left by the wayside yeah Seng says i was betrayed you know etc cetera, etc cetera. um yeah and then he gives you the keystone so i'm not quite sure who killed him like it could work out to or not not killed him but who who injured him it could work out that sephiroth was just kind of like setting it up so that you would get in and figure out like how to get the black material so he could swoop himself yeah yeah like yeah, that, who, that's the way that knows? i was yeah. i assume that it was sephiroth who who beat him up yeah yeah but it also could be like some presence in the temple Oh, true. It's something like that. Who knows? Yeah. Like it's, it's, like, not, it's not explained very well. But yeah, but but Seng still has the keystone. He's the one who gives it to you, and you have to drop it down down this well in order to get into the temple proper. Yeah. This gigantic MC Escher esque temple. <laughs> yeah, I like yeah. the like that room with like the weird. Yeah, like, I like the MC Escher room. It reminds me of um, the cave that uh, Scion in Final Fantasy VI when you go into his dream and fight Ruxel. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just, the, the only reason that I don't like it is that there are some really key items that you need to get to, and your path to get through to places is not always intuitive. And then, you know, this is one of the areas where the random encounters really get under my skin more than they yeah. usually do. Yeah. Yeah. So somehow I ended up finding, you know, ended up getting to everything. Okay, I don't, I think you're right. But they also, maybe at least at the very least, like they break it up. Mm-hmm. Like you do this, this MC Escher room and you kind of come back here a couple times. Yeah. And then you, uh, you know, but you do these little puzzle rooms to break it up at least. Yeah. So. And there are puzzle rooms and there are bits of story exposition. You know, yeah. They, they, they dump some of that here. 
So, like, over the course of this, you find out that basically Sephiroth's goal is to become one with the planet, and to, um, in order to accomplish this, he's going to use the black materia, which for some reason exists, um, <laughs> in order to summon the summon uh, Medio, or sorry, Meteor, and uh, uh, basically lap up the life stream power. Right, because because they uh, learn like looking at hieroglyphs and kind of piecing together some information you get uh, before this and later um, when the planet is damaged. Uh, the life stream kind of surges to that point to heal it, mm-hmm. and that this—that is his idea—is to be at the center of that. I love the idea of somebody like trying to dig a post hole. Um, oh. <laughs> like, God damn it! The life stream keeps filling it yeah. back in. <laughs> it's like trying, yeah, trying to dig a, a hole in the sand, like in shallow water. Yeah, yeah. Huh? <laughs> But uh, you go through these little puzzles. So, like, there's a boulder dodging minigame where <laughs> there's an yeah. infinite supply of these U-shaped boulders. <laughs> yeah, that's a little frustrating, too, because you don't... I wish you didn't, like, do this little kneeling animation every time. Yeah. Like, when, when you're going to get by, because, like, the you, sometimes you don't have, like, quite enough time to make it to the next one mm-hmm. because of how they time out. Like, eventually you get through it, and there's no consequence for failing other than just having to do it again. Right. But it gets a little frustrating. Yeah. There are also these little bunny men um, around mm-hmm. that uh, I guess are the ancient keepers Lago of the temple. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. But they will, you know, let you save and heal you and things like that. It's a real, but like multiple saves are good. Like save outside of this place, just in general. Yeah. But uh, yeah, yeah. Um, let's see here. There's a room with a clock, and the second hand can sweep you off, and you have to randomize until it leads you to places. Um, if you, you don't fall- have to randomize it, you can manually control both both the hour and the minute hand yeah it just takes to get a to while. exactly what you need yeah. it takes a while but like it's you know it's, it's fine i guess this used to be more of a puzzle yeah. in the japanese version i've read this is way easy yeah. you just set it up and then just wait for the second hand to pass yeah and you know and you're just gonna run to where you need to go mm-hmm. um, um and there's like 12 rooms some of which are dead ends, some of which have like mini bosses some have treasure in them yeah if you fall you uh you find the uh second most um the second most sacred uh, item in the temple, the first of which is the Black Materia. The other one is Gi Sacred Bat with a nail in it. Well, each character, <laughs> like, like that's you. Like, I love that with each character. There's yeah, a, yeah, there's like the a, joke weapon. Yeah, it's it's like the mundane version of it, which mm-hmm. is actually really powerful. It just has no Materia slots. Mm-hmm. So, like, and like Tifa is it's a work glove. Um, I think that uh, Sid has like a broom. It's like or a, mop. a mop. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's a, a mop. mop. Yeah, Eris um, <laughs> is a parasol. You find that here too. Yep. Which, why you would ever get her with no materia, I don't know, but... Every character just has one. Yep, I know. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> but, I, they just but had it doesn't make it. sense to use it for every character. It doesn't make sense to use it for any character. Like, there are no yeah. characters I wanted to, like, eliminate half their materia slots. Yeah. This is, this is the weapon I use when the game forces me to use a character and I don't feel like re-equipping him with all my materia. <laughs> yeah. Like, when I had to use Tifa for a while, um, right, you know, uh, after the execution in the next episode, mm-hmm. like, I gave her the work glove because I didn't feel like dealing with her really right you know um yeah mm-hmm. so yeah so you eventually get to this mural room uh which you've seen in these you know premonitions uh up to this point uh i forget sephiroth is down here or a projection of him yeah that's where you yeah. start seeing the ghost sephiroth yeah yeah and uh you find out um after i guess you fight the boss first um which is a Right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, 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 like, first he wakes Cloud up. So Sephiroth, like, at will can kind of, you know, bring about this dissonance storm in Cloud's head, which, like, yeah. you know, freaks him out. That pays off in a big bad way after this series of bosses here. But uh, you do fight the Red Dragon. Um, yeah. Bio, Aqualung, Big Guard. Go nuts. 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And you get a Bahamut from him. Yeah. Um, which is a pretty powerful summon. Mm-hmm. Um, there are lots of Bahamuts. But again, summons get outclassed really quick. Right. In the game. And then you find out what the Black Materia is, which I think this is actually really cool. Yeah. Um, the whole temple is the Black Materia. Mm-hmm. And it exists as a puzzle box that every time that you condense it down, but it actually, what you do with the puzzle version of it affects the actual temple. Right. So it's it's a security system where anybody who's completing this puzzle will crush themselves inside right. the very thing they're holding. Mm-hmm. Like, it's a real cool, like, you know, Lovecraftian bending of space. Yeah kind of thing yeah. so this is where where kate Seth, you know tries to redeem himself because he is just a you know essentially an unmanned probe yeah if only uh, we had somebody whose body was disposable yeah exactly he's a drone yeah um you know and he'll go up and, and do it to get the black materia but at this point like why why do you trust him i don't want sure to have the black <laughs> materia either yeah you know like those these two things being right next to each other wrinkles yeah. me a little bit and there's a little bit of like goofy flavor around it saying like you know i'm i'm a new kate sith entirely blah 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 and you know like each one of us is special it's like no that's yeah that's really. dumb that's dumb don't say that there's nothing to you <laughs> yeah. um yeah on your way out to escape you fight uh the demon wall mm-hmm. which is from final fantasy 4 yep. if you remember from the one like the one if we when we eventually do final fantasy 4 which uh-huh. we will um the one part of that game that always frustrated me is that forced grinding that uh-huh. you have to do to fight this wall yeah like you're, you, you can go at your own pace for the entire game, and then all of a sudden you're two, 10 levels too short for Rosa mm-hmm. and have to grind. Like, that's frustrating to me. Yeah. So it recalls that bad memory of Final Fantasy IV. Yep. For me. Well, you don't have to grind to fight the wall, I don't think. You have to grind to be able to not die instantly against those doorkeepers. Oh, I thought it was a wall at the end yeah. that casts death on you. Nope. It's, it, no. it's each of those doorkeepers that does it. Ah. Yeah. yeah. It's right before the wall. The wall is the emboss of that, though. True. Yeah, yeah. But, so but I, knew, then, I knew it's in the same area. I, it's been a long time since I played that game. Yeah, this is a uh, this is this is a really creepy, stressful boss fight as well. You you you're, it helps to cast slow on him and keep slow up, you know, because mm. he it is it is progressing and he does more damage as he gets closer. Um, losing this, there are high stakes for that because there's a bunch of stuff you have to go back through. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I don't yeah. remember having too much. I just kind of I feel like I just kind of did normal boss strat on him and he and he went down okay. Yeah. Um, but I very well could have been a little bit overpowered at this point. Like I did, you know, Wu Tai, so I did a bunch of side stuff. I was probably a couple levels yeah. higher than I could have been. Mm-hmm. It was harder on the first time around. Um, yeah, obviously, because you didn't know, <laughs> because you did, you you couldn't anticipate it. I like that the room, like you you see it like pop up. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, you get out, and like basically, it's the end. You know, the end of Poltergeist. <laughs> You see the yeah. <laughs> you see the entire dungeon, uh, you know, collapse into this one singularity in this big pit, which kind of seems smaller. Like this place is definitely bigger on the inside than it is on the outside. It's like a real house of leaves kind of thing. Yeah, which, makes sense though because yep. they've established that there's a weird relationship yeah. between time and space here. Yep. So you get down there and like, awesome, we have this, we can protect it, and then Cloud loses his fucking mind and hands it over to Sephiroth. Yep. Yep. And this isn't, I, and everybody kind of freaks out that he's doing this. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. And uh, that's no good. No good. Sephiroth has the, the black materia. Yeah. And you know what he, he's doing with it. Where do you go to go sleep? You go sleep somewhere where Eris takes off in the night. I forget. I, hmm. 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 I can't remember either. Maybe, but, maybe it's back at the weapon dealer. Yeah. Something well, no, like you, I definitely didn't go back to the weapon dealer. Maybe it's the next place you sleep. It might just be in a cutscene. It might just fade to black and fade back out. Yeah, regardless possible. of which, Eris goes off on her own. Yeah, you have like a cloud has a dream, which shows her kind of teleporting around this little forest. So she's broken off on her own, recognizing that like you know, cloud 
every time he gets close to Sephiroth, bad things happen. And she kind of knows because of, you know, her knowledge of the ancients and the things that her mom has told her that, you know, there is something that she can do, you know, that is like a fail safe against somebody using the black materia. Yeah. How uh, at this point I haven't touched her since I left Midgar. So how she's making it to this area, I have no idea. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But she somehow is able to do it. Yep. Um, and doesn't want help. Which right. I understand. Like, yeah, you got to keep Cloud away from Sephiroth. I understand that mm-hmm. part. Um, yeah. I still think you know. Yeah. Anyway, mm-hmm. um, she goes off, and hopefully you didn't have any good equipment on her. Um, <laughs> yeah. You get, I think you get materia back. You, you, you do you get, get materia back, but if you equipped her with the ribbon, you're fucked. Yeah, don't equip her with the ribbon. Yeah. Um, yeah, so you're you're heading off to, to Bone Village. Earlier you'd heard this too. There's like this sleeping forest and you need an item called the Earth Harp yeah. to get through it. And they're digging for it. Mm-hmm. Um, I like this minigame. I wish everything about it happened a bit faster. Yeah, me too. Like it's so slow to do a pass. Mm-hmm. Well, you, 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 you're going around and you're placing explosives at different points, but you have to wait for that, like for the workmen to, yeah, exactly. to walk to that area. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and you can, if you get too fed up with this, the, the items are in set locations. Yeah. So you can just like look up a map. Um, this is also, and I haven't done this, I just read this online, that um, if you miss critical items in the game, they'll end up here. Right. So like certain things, if you miss them in an area that gets destroyed, they'll end up here and you can dig for them later. Mm-hmm. Which, so, is, uh, which is a nice little crumple zone on like, okay, we recognize that we're taking a bunch of areas away from you. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so you go through the uh, sleeping forest. There's not too much to the sleeping forest itself. It's neat visually. It's like you get the sense that this is like an above ground sea. Um, apparently the ancients were fish people or something. <laughs> and, but there's all these coral formations and things like that. Yeah. You, you find one of the most u- useless materia in the game here too, the Kajata. Oh, yeah. Yeah, the one that does yeah. every <laughs> every element. So yeah. it will, yeah, it just like, it will like cancel out because it might possibly yep. heal whatever you're using it against. Yep. Yep. Can you pair that with uh, defense? Will that count as. You know what? I never tried it. I, I think that if, that if that was a viable strategy, I would have I would have come across it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Huh, no, I think knows? I think I missed it this playthrough. Like I'm not being a completist this yeah. playthrough, so I, I don't think I got it. I remember it from earlier playthroughs. Yeah, but um, you're good. Yeah, you get get to the city of the ancients, which is mercifully free of random encounters. Yeah, I know it's pretty big too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Which, which I like. Like I mean, this could be this would be a real nightmare mm-hmm. if if you were you know fighting things every two steps. Um, yeah, so you just kind of explore uh, the city. You get some treasure going around. And essentially, you're just kind of looking for for heiress. Right. So you're kind of seeing, I don't know how anybody could, could live here because there's just two <laughs> domiciles. Mm-hmm. Uh, They're two, tiny. Yeah. Dumb, dumb things to say about, dumb, obvious things to say about uh, video game locales. Uh, yeah. But, uh, you know, you eventually, uh, you know, say like, okay, we just got to go to sleep. Eventually she will, you know, show herself. Um, and you kind of wake up in the night. Cloud has, I forget, it's like some kind of premonition or something. And mm-hmm. then you go back to the center of town. And what used to be blocked by this weird fish statue now lets you into the actual heart of the city, which is this awesome, this awesome crystalline uh, area. And it goes down to a lake. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's real pretty. Mm-hmm. And then you get like the, like the you know, one of the most famous scenes of video game history. Yeah. Um, here. Um, Eris is praying. And, uh, you know, she's praying for this thing that her mother told her that would beat back mm-hmm. meteor. And uh, you approach her, and, uh, you know, Sephiroth dives from the sky. Before that, even. 
So you so you approach her and she's you know she's praying. She either doesn't notice. Oh you yeah, or, yeah yeah he yeah. takes control of you. Yeah he takes control yeah. and so you're like what's that. what's happening? I can't walk and every button press is making him raise his weapon a little bit further. And it's this really creepy sequence where you can tell that like Cloud is fighting this mind control every step of the way. And it's only once he fights that mind control that Sephiroth you know you're decides right. yeah. like okay I'm gonna come in and di- I'm gonna dive and just impale Eris myself. Right. The uh, the and it's cool too because it's a nice intersection of narrative and and play mm-hmm. because by taking the control away from the player like you're actually doing the button presses that you know make him move closer to killing Eris mm-hmm. so it's a nice little like you know but thou must Bioshock yeah. kind of moment you know mm-hmm. um, which is really cool yeah. um, Sephiroth I forgot how he, like the goofy way he holds his sword yeah. as he's like dropping down like it looks a little bit silly mm-hmm. and then the way like in hindsight like. The actual, you know, the the stab has a little, like, sense of impact mm-hmm. to it, you know, on her. And she goes limp so quickly and everything. Like, it's a little bit goofy, but, like, you know, this had, this had such a big impact on people who played this and, mm-hmm. and me when I first played it and yeah, everything. Me too. Like, I didn't, you know, I'm not, I did not, uh, did not cry when Eris died. Mm-hmm. Like, it's not, like, the video game did not do that to me, um, like so many people have said. However, well, like, it, it, it is, it's- like, a... Affecting moment. Yeah, it it shook me a lot just because just kind of like, oh wait, some people can die and not come back. This isn't some kind of escape from that. This can't all be better. So it's like this yeah. weird, out of place lesson about the permanence of death. Well, the the weird thing is, is that happens in four. Yeah, like everyone comes back in the end, but up until that point, you don't know mm-hmm. that. So yeah. like I felt like and I felt like I had seen that mm-hmm. you know in four shadow can die in six like it's not like the first time a character has yeah. died not be able to come back the, the, like the presentation on this lays it on so thick that it's like that's what it is it's a it's it is a sledgehammer like they're taking right. this they're taking a mall and they're just driving this wedge into you saying to fucking fucking feel something. Exactly. That's that's what it is. So it's not like the actual content of it. You've had characters die in these these games and never come back that you've cared about, you know, before. Yeah. But like, um, but like the the game. It's not. I don't want to say it's more. Like it, it is. It's more fidelity. Mm-hmm. It's like a less abstracted death scene. Yeah. While still being really abstract, especially in hindsight, <laughs> less so than you'd seen in the past. Mm-hmm. So and they also they go a long way towards making you really like Eris. Yeah. Um, you know, that's kind of, they spend all of her characterization doing that. You know, she never kidnaps Marlene. <laughs> she, she never steals anything from you. Yeah. She never, you know, she, she, she mostly a good egg. And, yeah. uh, you do the state scene beforehand. It's pretty cute. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. she, you know, she, she's, she's a love interest and yeah. you know, the, it's just, it's a weird kind of, you know, for the time daring decision for them to be like, okay, here it goes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. The, uh, people go, people went nuts. Yeah. For this. Like people, when I say I didn't cry when she died, a lot of people did. Yep. Like people talk about that a lot. There's like, um, there's a GFW radio where he talk. he does these heroes of the web thing where he reads like message board <laughs> posts in like mean voices and they're great. It's wonderful. And he does one where someone's talking about when Eris died and he talks about how like, he's like, I wasn't the same for a week. So I would go, I was walking around without equipping any materia. I went to the golden, <laughs> golden saucer and just walked in circles for hours. Yeah. It's and like, so, come on. Yeah. Come on. Come on. So, still be a person. Yep. Like just because this happened doesn't mean you've lost all 
you know, sense of self. That's crazy. <laughs> yeah. You know, um, read, read a book where something sad happens yeah. before that happens. Come yeah. on. However, like it's, it's still, you know, grading on a curve, mm-hmm. grading on the video game curve. It's yeah. still pretty, pretty, pretty big deal. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm not surprised that people were affected by it. Yeah. You know, it affected me. I was 10 years old when I played it. It was really just kind of like, oh, wow. Video games can do this. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. You know, it's just like, oh, well, that's, that sucks. Mm-hmm. You know? That sucks. And then you fight. Um, the music never changes. Nope. It's still the peaceful music during the entire cutscene. Like, part of the presentation is there are no sound effects. Um, there are no... Uh, the music doesn't get foreboding or anything like that. It still has a serene kind of presentation to it, too, mm-hmm. which I really like. And that goes through the boss fight, too. Yeah. Like, you fight a Genova Life, and the music doesn't turn into boss music. It's still the very gentle, you know... Yeah. Oh, she drops the crystal first. Yeah, And it falls yeah. in the water beforehand, and that sets off the music. Mm-hmm. Which is really cool. The crystals are bouncing and setting off her theme, mm-hmm. and her theme plays during the entire boss fight. Yeah, which is great. Like it's a really nice intersection of play mm-hmm. and and sound and vision. Yeah. It's it did definitely. Um, and they and they time out the 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 little plinky piano hits mm-hmm. to with like yeah. it is you know slinking down this crystal stairway. Mm-hmm. Um, so the, it's it's important to know, you know to note that you know this is the the white materia that she has. Um, only an ancient can use it. Uh, it is falling to the bottom of this lake to never be retrieved again uh, because yep. Shinra never developed scuba technology. Um, yeah, or, or a submarine or anything. No. <laughs> um. <laughs> and um, and also you notice that it's glowing faintly green um, at this point. So mm-hmm. yep. that, that becomes important later. But Yeah. yeah. Um, so you fight Genova. It's, it's fairly easy, which is good. If they had done like a real ball buster of a boss fight here, mm-hmm. the risk of doing all that again... Yeah. would be that's that's inexcusable mm-hmm. um so i'm glad they didn't do that yeah and after you defeat genova life um you know cloud goes and you know walks her out in the middle of this lake and for some reason a body doesn't float <laughs> yeah. Just yeah sinks to the bottom it's because she's part ancient true they're denser you see yeah <laughs> yep, yep. the uh yeah again another real famous scene You're, the characters in your party will kind of pay their respects mm-hmm. at this point i like i had red 13 he just howls Right. Which I like mm-hmm. and walks away. Um, you know, and Sid just like that's a shame, like he doesn't uh you know, he's not very verbose about it. Um Yeah. Yeah. I think Red Thirteen like eventually expresses remorse over never apologizing to Eris for uh what he did in Midgar, you know, chasing yeah. her around, making you know, making that show. Uh, yeah. 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 Doesn't happen just yet, and that's that's where the disc. That's where the episode, or the not our episode. <laughs> yeah. That's where the. Uh, that's where the first episode of this <laughs> podcast would have ended. Um, but that is where the first uh, first disc break happens. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, when you're changing disc, you get these nice little cut, uh, like pinups. Yeah, which I like for each character. Mm-hmm. Those are really cool. Yeah. Um, and then yeah, you change discs and you start disc two. So you come back from switching discs and, you know, you get this kind of sense that, uh, you know, Sephiroth is continuing on. He's achieved one of his goals and really he's just getting ready to do his victory lap. You see that he's headed out of the City of the Ancients and through this coral forest, which really just ends up being, or Coral Valley Cave, which just ends up being this this gigantic conch shell you have to figure out how to navigate yeah. around. Yep, yeah, yep. but uh, it's a really a non-dungeon, but it leads to kind of like one of the neater locations in the game, which is the icicle in the Great Glacier. 
Mm-hmm. I would yeah. I would retire at Icicle Inn if I were going to retire yes. somewhere. Yeah, I'm more of a cold man than a Costa del Sol man. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah. So th- this is significant for several reasons. Um, probably like the first thing I want to say is that you run into Gast's lab, mm-hmm. um, which this is really important to kind of learning the the origins of Eris and a lot of uh, story stuff about Genova um, through like yeah. watching old VHS tapes. Mm-hmm essentially, like, surveillance videos. Which, like, if you're going to do an exposition dump, this is probably the way to do it. Sure, this is way more elegant than Bugenhagen lecturing <laughs> you. Like, I like this a lot more. You say Bugenhagen, it makes it sound like a ghost. Yeah, Bugenhagen. Bugenhagen. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I like this a lot more than that. Yeah. Um, and it's super neat. So it's, like, in progressing, um, you know, kind of layers of, you know, relevance to immediate events. Mm-hmm. So, you know, and, and it dispels some of your previous assumptions about things. So initially you're laboring under the assumption that uh, Genova was uh, was an ancient. Turns out, no, uh, Genova dropped, um, you know, on, onto the earth uh, kind of as like a Lavos-like, um, you know, energy parasite. I was going to say Lavos, too. Yeah. Like, that's what it reminds me of. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, started, you know, draining... Uh, energy from the north continent the you know the, the the crater at the top that's where she originally landed i say she because she's portrayed as a mother throughout even though it is mm-hmm. more more likely an it um yeah and yeah. the re- it's important to mention the reason why you think that is because sh- the shinra thought that right so like this game is not set up part of the reason again when we talk about this again and again um why it's so confusing is because it's not so much you have unreliable narrators because anyone people are deceiving you all the time. Mm-hmm. It's because you are taking on authority from people who are in positions of power mm-hmm. when they don't have complete information. Right. So, like, you know, Shinra, as evil as they are, they don't know everything. Mm-hmm. And because they're kind of set up as the antagonist, you tend to – and they because they act like they have all the cards, mm-hmm. it's really easy to assume that they do. Right. But they, they do not. Mm-hmm. So – so and you you know because of his association with Hojo you kind of get the sense that like oh Gast is you know a bad guy as well because he was working for Shinra but like at this point he's kind of broken off and he's doing independent research and yeah. you're finding out you're finding out all of this because these are videotaped interviews with uh with Afalna. Yep, you know, Iris's mom. Yeah. Who is, you know, like a full like a full-blooded ancient. Right. Yep. Um, you also find out about the weapons yes. at this point, which are kind of the Earth's uh, you know, white blood cells mm-hmm. that are they're brought on to, to attack threats. Um, yeah, so they are brought up against Genova. Right. But the, you know, but the Cetra end up, you know, subduing Genova themselves and the weapons go back into hibernation, um, mm-hmm. you know, because their purpose has been has been served um, mm-hmm. for them. And, uh, you know, Genova has been kind of entombed deep in the Earth. In order yep. to, uh, you know, make sure she doesn't come back. Right. right. Most of Genova. Some of it was inside Mount Coral in that uh, in the M- you mean Mount, Mount Nibble. Mount, uh, yeah. No, no. So so the, so the Shinra actually were ex- excavating and found her. OK. Yeah. And and and, and uh, you know, N- Mount Nibble ended up being where a bunch of the research was done. Gotcha, gotcha. Okay, yeah. so yeah, she was. That's the entirety of her, mm-hmm. and then that's gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, and you, you know, they're like, there's the, there's this other plot one. Like the Cetra went away mostly because, um, you know, Genova gave them some kind of weird alien virus. Yes. Yep. Yeah. Some of the stuff too, like you can be forgiven for being confused about this plot mm-hmm. because there is a, like a lot of unnecessary detail. Yeah. To some of these things, mm-hmm. um, you know, and maybe there there's some like thing that like the editor and me would cut away mm-hmm. about that, like the Cetra getting uh, that virus, yeah. like feels like a real afterthought. 
to me, like not necessarily necessary to the story. Is it like could they just been died out or just gone? Yeah, I mean, like it could it could be like the like the initial plot was actually a little bit more a little bit more believable, which is that humanity actually is just a tribe of the ancients that broke off and stopped, you know, yeah. being these magic people, right? I think that's cooler. Just kind of like, the, them... you know, death by assimilation, right? Right. Which, which kind of fills in the, the, the whole tribal thing. And really, like, the like the Cetra are just an extended, uh, an extended allusion to, 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 the, to the Jews, to the, you know, to the, you know, Hebrews. Right. Yeah. Right. Right. Well, and then I was, I was thinking about that. And I was also thinking about, uh, do we ever get a real adequate payoff for, um, Mago energy being the knowledge of the ancients? Not really. And especially because it doesn't, uh, it doesn't <laughs> explain summons that well. Are the summons, no. are, are, are those, are, are those summon monsters, the Eidolans, are they like ancients themselves? Is that what they are? Or are they these avatars of their gods that you're bringing down? I, I have no idea. I'm sure it's ex- like, I'm sure it's explained in the um, metaphor. Yeah, the the compilation or in an art book or something. That yeah. just like it seems like there's a lot of like verbiage about the like the you know Mako energy being the condensed knowledge of the ancients, and then it turns out that it's our souls. Yeah, and then it, there's just kind of like there's you know it just the conservation of detail is really lacking mm-hmm. in a lot of the mythology here. So it, not only is there misdirection mm-hmm. that's happening intentionally and unintentionally, yeah. but there's a lot you have to separate the the you know the the wheat from the chaff. Yeah, here in a big bad way. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting chaff. Like any one of these is a, is a neat premise to me. You said to pick one. Yeah, unless it's you're purposely zigging and zagging. Yeah, which is fine. Which I I could see that being the case. Like they like with, with how much the plot in general doubles back on itself. I'm not saying it's a good decision. I just think it's more like an intentional and you know maybe interesting or textured one. Mm, yeah, I, I don't yeah, know. I, I, mean, I, I still yeah. think like I mean I like the fact that I'm being misdirected. Yep. I just wish that there was either some of the things that were you know some of the Chekhov's guns were never mentioned if they're never going to pay off. Mm-hmm. You yeah. know. Yeah. So. So, but over the course of all of this kind of like interviewing, um, Gast falls in love with uh, Ephalna and they sire a child, which happens yep. to be Eris. The real cool thing about this is that like this puts you know Sephiroth and Eris kind of in the same boat. Right. Yeah. You know, like they're 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 both the uh you know you know the, the, the progeny of, you know, Shinra executives, uh that you're you know, high, you know, high ups at Shinra. One of them believes that they're an ancient, the other one actually is. Um right. they're, they're kind of these awesome little parallels of each other. Right. And it also brings the the grand total of like normal humans that you've had in your party to three. Like there are like three people, like Sid, <laughs> Barrett, and Yuffie are the only people who are just kind of people, yeah, at well, all that haven't well, been genet- genetically well, manipulated or well, Barrett's a monster. Well, yeah, he's a monster <laughs> the same way Buster's a monster. Yeah, that, thank you for catching yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that is exactly what yeah. I said yeah. <laughs> or what so. I intended. Um, yeah, but you're right. Yeah, to, like to, up to three. Right. Yeah. So that's and that's the why I like to use them in my party. <laughs> Humans first. <laughs> It's just us against all these monsters. Yeah, we're you surrounded need, you with. need to get to Mass Effect Two right quick if that's yeah. what you think. <laughs> um, but uh, um, kind of the payoff here is, you know, the ultimate fate of Gast, and you know, like why Afalna ended up in the hands of the Shinra. Uh, you know, Hojo kind of came and said, "Bills do, motherfucker." Um, yeah. You know, he, you know, and because Hojo's entire scientific philosophy is, you know, let's mash everything together. Like, holy crap, a human made it with the ancients. Let's put her under a microscope. <laughs> Cha-ching. <laughs> <laughs> let, 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 let me let me put a tattoo on that right away. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, 
Um, yeah. And, uh, you know, Hojo kills Gast and then absconds with uh, with the mother and child. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, Hojo, big bad of the game. Yep. Maybe the biggest bad. Yeah. Like, oh, like the over worst the, person in Shinra. Over the course of, like, especially this and Dirge of Cerberus, he ends up being the worst person. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so the, the Turks show up. Mm-hmm. To, to town and kind of lock you in initially like they're not here to fight you initially like elena comes up she's gonna slap you you can you can dodge it potentially and something that pays off like a little bit later um <laughs> like in a goofy way um and then like they're not here to fight you or anything like that they just won't let you leave town right it's real weird it's like, like just you know you chose your icy prison you live with it <laughs> like, yeah they're just kind of like well the plot says we should be here right now so you can't yeah. leave yeah. yeah um and the way you get out is like there's a, a kid who broke his leg snowboarding <laughs> you take his snowboard and decide to snowboard out remember last episode where i was like don't you go to the gold saucer and go snowboarding right after airside you don't go to the gold saucer but you do go snowboarding right after Aris dies. yeah pretty much you do a real goofy you know <laughs> like surf yeah. to jacobo like uh s- snowboarding sequence which mm-hmm. i wish we got that cell phone game about the the snowboarding like i don't want it on a cell with cell phone controls like mm-hmm. num- numpad controls but i would pay like a dollar 99 to download a version of just the surfing mini game yeah or snowboarding mini game mm-hmm. like i i have a lot of fun with this thing yeah it's real fun i mean it, it it controls a little weird as um most playstation one era cool borders-esque uh games did but once you get kind of used to the input lag um it's real neat because you're trying to collect these different balloons and dodge uh and dodge the uh the snowmen and penguins or whatever and uh trying to get get to get the best time i mean in this this case you're really just trying to get to the bottom without dying but when you're going to play it in the gold saucer it's one of the better executed mini games that are available in the game yeah this is my jam as far as mini games go Mm -hmm. In, in this game um also it has a uh effect like where you what route you take down the hill yeah indicates where you're going to end up in the great glacier mm-hmm. which yeah. i didn't know until pretty recently yeah there, there there are two there are two different um branching points and if you go right right you end up closest to the goal yeah but yeah. then there's also a great glacier is full of optional treasure yep so like you maybe don't want to be closest to the goal mm-hmm. so it depends true um great glacier is confusing intentionally so yeah but a little frustratingly so so the way they would have solved that it's one of those situations where you're given a map but it doesn't mark it's not an electronic map it doesn't mm-hmm. mark your location on it right and there are little landmarks on it i would have liked the on-screen landmarks to match the map landmarks a little bit better yep like the forks in the road never seem to correspond correctly yeah the directions don't really maintain and kind of the interstitial connecting tissue uh, between yeah. them like you're you you could be headed like you know what looks to be northeast on there mm-hmm. like in those little forest corridors but in reality if you look at the map you're supposed to be headed either north or directly east so right. it's, it's easy to lose your bearing and end up going in circles right right so yeah. you know this is this is you're gonna spend a lot of time here for it being a small area unless you're you're cheating or you know exactly what to do. But just kind of talking about uh, the things that you you get from here. There's that added cut material, which we talked about. Mm-hmm. It was very hidden. It's just on a nondescript pathway. Right. But I, I love it. It's like a really good material, especially once you get like double cut and quadra cut. Yeah. So adding it to that makes a big difference. Mm-hmm. Um, this is a really cool thing. Yeah. Um, you can also get a very powerful summon, and it's a really uh, complicated 
convoluted situation. Yeah, you have to get, get it. So, yeah, you have to go to the hot spring and then find this witch who you you can only get when you go into the snowfield, and if you go in the wrong direction, yeah, um, and you fight her and you get uh, Alexander. Alexander probably ends up being one of my favorite summons in any final any given Final Fantasy game. Mm-hmm. I just love the idea of this gigantic, you know, god constructed mecha city. as a city yeah. on its back. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's yeah. really cool. It looks really cool in nine. Yeah, or like the nine one being like really particularly uh, majestic. Was there was there an Alexander in eight? I believe there was. Mm, I don't, you know, I don't actually think so. Mm. No, no, the other is. Yeah, um, yeah, because I just imagine the triple triad card for it. Um, yeah, we we have to do the show long enough to do eight. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, okay, somebody or needs just to pay come us to my a... house and play a triple triad. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. I, I, you got like let's let's kickstart us getting the two thousand dollars for the complete set. <laughs> Of the cars on eBay. <laughs> and then we'll play it at my house. Yeah. No, somebody needs to just pay us a salary so we can just do the Chronicles and then just like, okay, it's going to be Final Fantasy for a little while. Yeah. 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 We go through the go, go through the, the series. Yeah. Yeah, that would be fun. That would that'd be, that'd be awesome. Yeah, but we're going to stick with doing one a year until we get done. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then and if you can stick with us up to the Mystic Quest year. <laughs> yeah, you can tell you're you're a true fan. Yeah, um, I'd love to do Mystic Quest. I, that game has a lot of problems. It would be fun to talk about. Yeah, um, love the, the music. Uh, hmm? Yeah, the, the music's great. Yeah, um, oh, and actually, like in, in in retrospect, the way that that game handles random encounters not worse than the game way this game handled right. random encounters. Right. Like it, it's not it's not that bad. Just having like a, a block where you just have to fight ten things mm-hmm. is really no different than designing like an uninteresting dungeon to walk through where you fight twenty yeah. things. Mm-hmm. So it's not. That's not actually not the problem with it. Yeah. Um, yeah. The great the the, the glacier also uh, you know fulfills one of the axioms that we uh, often invoke, which is snow levels often have the best music. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Snow has good music. I actually and I like the uh, the segment where you're in the field where you have to place the flags. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Because, yeah, I like that a whole lot. Yeah, so you're walking, you're kind of pl- uh, placing these posts behind you because the wind uh, is kind of disorienting you and the camera changes angle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Um, so eventually you just pass out and we'll end up at the end. Yeah. Or you can make your way there mm-hmm. um, one way or another. I've, and, never, uh, I've never gotten there on one life. I've always passed out and then had to uh, go back and do everything uh, from that point. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's usually what I do too. Mm-hmm. Um, and if, you know, God, if you gotta help you, if you want, you can just leave. Like you can go to the <laughs> south and go back to the world map. Yeah, it just takes a long time to get there mm-hmm. um, without climbing the mountain. Um, so this guy, you know, a, a hiker, or a cabin man, um, who's presumed you know, dead, like he's abandoned his family. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, he uh, uh, you know takes you in, warms you up, mm-hmm. and just teaches you a little bit about navigating the cliffside. Mm-hmm. Um, it's interesting. He says how you have to kind of map your way up there. I didn't find that to be true. No. No, like you don't really need to do that. It's a pretty direct path. I think what he's referring to is the fact that, like, as you're doing the, you know, the body heat puzzles, there mm-hmm. are branches that you can take that end up not going anywhere. So, mm-hmm. in the interest of conserving, you know, your body heat, it's best to keep track of which ones are dead end paths. Yeah, calling that a puzzle is a real overstatement. Oh yeah, <laughs> like, it's, I, it's, I understand it's, it's a casual word choice, but yeah, it's really just tap 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 on. Yeah, I'm pretty much just the the, the king of misinformed casual word choices that derail entire conversations so it's so strange for being somebody who's such a pedant yep to to be to be so guilty of that Mm -hmm. yeah yeah no i i don't come out good in any side of that situation (laughs) i'm basically history's greatest monster you're like Um, a dog that like barks at himself in the mirror like if we were to get another coal and just have guys talk like 
well, that's, even that's have to correct each other constantly. That, that, that's what's going on in my head all the time. That's what that, that <laughs> that's why I talk in this really fucked up way is because I'm always arguing with myself before the words come out. <laughs> so. Um, so essentially, there's no game. There's not too much game doing. You're just climbing up this thing, and at certain landings, you have to tap the button to maintain body heat, yeah. and you have a little temperature gauge. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's all there. There really is to that. Yeah. Um, until you get to the cave up at the top. Yeah. I like the way this cave looks a lot. Mm-hmm. Like, I think this looks really, really neat. And I like this little icicle. Yeah. Like, not really puzzle, but, like, this kind of... There are icicles you have to knock down to make a path mm-hmm. um, to get there. You get a lot of good treasure here, too. I think this is where you get the dragon armlet. Yep. Um, yeah. Or you may have got that a little bit before that, but that's a good good armor. You get cool stuff here. I like yeah. this dungeon. This is where the armor starts getting diversified. It's not like, oh, the mythical yeah. set is good. The, like you, you get stuff that has special, um, special elemental tolerances. And the dragon, the dragon set is awesome because it has multiple. Um, yeah, halves uh, all. I think uh, all the main element. Yep. Which is the? Uh, did you know I watched that hundred things you um, didn't know about Final I Fantasy VII? I did know you watched that. Well, the uh, did you know having having watch that that uh, tons of these armors have hidden stat bonuses no and no. they're they're really significant like i had no idea but like if you take equip certain armor like you get like plus 30 vitality mm-hmm. like you like huge stat bonus like that's yeah. really that's that's a big jump yeah well, you know? it's i think it's an interface problem just because it like they they show you like like what effect it has on the main like the core three stats or whatever, mm-hmm. um, but like it can't show you all these other stats, like on this whole other character sheet that no, actually it, do... it does show all the stats. It just shows no effect on them. Oh, really? Like it's, it's, yeah, it shows like it. Like, or okay, well, so the... there are stats that they affect. So let me let me back up. Some of these armors affect stats that are shown on that character sheet. Okay, show it just it just doesn't show them for some reason. That's cocked in the head. Yeah, it's real goofy. Huh. I mean, part of it is what you're talking about, where it's like they're affecting stats that you don't see. Mm-hmm. But some of it's this, and it's really frustrating because I wish I had, you know, had like a little printed out guide because some of them would probably be worth taking. You know, if something will give me plus twenty luck, tw- plus twenty speed, plus twenty accuracy. You know, instead of just seeing it as plus twenty accuracy, it might be worth doing. You know. Yeah. So, well, like I always, you know, just I generally try and streamline what I have available to me, just because I don't want to have a bloated inventory. So, like, there's a possibility that I've just sold armor that would actually make a huge difference. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 It's pretty frustrating. Um, so the armor, well, I guess my point to that is like, this is the point where it seems like the armor has been being diversified. It's always been diversified, but the game just communicates it really terribly. Right. So, yeah. So it's more, I'm not, I'm not calling you out on that. I'm just saying that like, that's a, that's a failing in the game. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So you get through this and you, you know, I love the idea that you're just kind of like working up to this wall at the end of the world. Right, yeah. like this is the farthest known extreme. You know, you're 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 forging ahead. Um, never minding who left these chests here, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, you you're you're getting to the top. There's a real dumb boss um, that is kind of like guarding your entrance to the you know to the lip of the crater, uh, Schizo, um, who was actually added for the American version of the game uh, for no real reason aside from to put more boss battles into the American version of the game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna Google image search him real quick because I don't remember. It's a big two-headed dragon. Okay. One side does uh, fire damage, the other side does ice damage. Oh yeah, yeah. And yeah. once you kill one of the heads, it goes limp. Yeah, yeah. On there and looks it looks real goofy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So he's hard. Like like this is one of the few bosses that I actually like died to. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely I don't I don't think I I died to him. Um, 
I don't think it gave me too much of an issue, but a part of it was because I had those resistances. So I had that dragon armlet, and then one of my other characters was wearing the Aurora armlet, which absorbs cold. Right. So every time he did his like cold attack, that guy would get healed. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was my healer, so he was able to stay alive, and it just kind of worked out yeah, it's, well it's, for me. It's Homer in the, in the fish tank with the salt. Yeah. Yep, yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's probably the most oblique reference I've made. <laughs> It's pretty pretty oblique. Yeah. Um, so, you know. but it, but it, but the concept holds. So. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yep. I don't think I'm going to be able to find in the links of note. Like, <laughs> the, like Simpsons YouTube's are hard enough to find as it is. Yeah. Because Fox, you know, clamps down on them. So like mm-hmm. a lot of very specific things. But the uh, so for for people who don't know, Homer is adding and subtracting water, adding salt and water to a fish tank yeah. to try to get fish to to uh, to survive. <laughs> yeah, to to get fish to get a, a goldfish and a lobster to survive in the yes. same tank. And, yes, to get Pinchy to survive. So as he adds salt, as he adds salt, the the goldfish uh, goes belly up, and as he adds water, the lobster goes belly up. So he finds an equilibrium where they are both on their side in the middle of the tank. Yes, and yep. that is a joke from The Simpsons. Ta da! Yep. <laughs> so, oh, but once once you beat this uh, this dumb boss. Uh, you mm-hmm. you uh, get into what every guy that I've seen refers to as the whirlwind maze, but in reality, it's just the like the the top North parts crater. of the of the North Crater. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're here. It's it's um, awesome and real pretty. Like it's dark and glowy and windy, and the mm-hmm. music's neat. Yeah, Tifa muscles her way into the party. Yeah, which I don't like very much because I haven't been using her at all. Right. Um, yeah, so that's a little bit frustrating. Um, but a good good place for the work glove. To come in, my other two characters that are at full strength can kind of carry the weight. I think, um, yeah, and you kind of make your way through here. There are these little like uh, cliff or little like jumping ledges mm-hmm. where the wind will blow through, and you have to kind of time it. If you don't, you fight like a Drake, yeah, kind of thing. You don't get knocked off like it says. You just fight a thing, so it's not too shabby. It's not too bad. Yeah, um, and you start seeing uh, Severoth clones. That are all like marching methodically in a daze uh, ever northward. Yep. And yeah. uh, they are all act as mobile treasure chests mm-hmm. still. Yeah. Um, yeah. When you, and this is where that pays off where you have to find out what they're there for. Yeah. Um, earlier you had mentioned or somebody had told you it might be in the Professor Gas lab or Hojo might have conjectured. Before this point, you hear about the idea that uh, Genova cells want to be together. Right. So, like, you know that, and that's, you know, kind of what this, uh, this is all leading towards. Mm-hmm. But someone had mentioned that about the reunion. Like, it's not just a reunion, like, literal, you know, like, just getting the band back together. Mm-hmm. It is the cell, like, a cellular memory attracting other cells yeah. of yeah. its type. So, Sephiroth has been carrying this beacon, which is Genova's actual remains, and mm-hmm. that is kind of dragging all of them back. It's actually kind of a cool plan because he sent these clones of himself out and also these, uh, you know, these actual projections of himself in order to seek out the black materia. And this is the way that he's kind of ferrying the physical object back to where, you know, the real him is. Right, right. Yeah. So, you kind of get that point that, like, the, the projection that he sent out that happened to get Genova. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just like there could have been other ones out there. This is just the one that succeeded. Right. You know? Yep. And, you know, he treats them as real expendable. Like, you see him slaughtering these things. In he's order they're to not expendable. The yeah. 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 They're not, not just expendable. They, 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 they want have to, to die. Them. Yeah. Yeah. They have to die. Yeah. But it's real shocking when you see it. It's kind of like, oh, wait a minute. He's just killing them. What? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. So. It's like the end of the. <laughs> Spoilers for the. <laughs> should, I, should I cut that? Uh, you know, no, I'll just, uh, you just know there are spoilers for it. That's, that's an old movie. 
Okay. Actually, no. Go ahead. Go ahead and you'll bleep it or something. I'm, I'm marking it. And then every everyone go see the because it's great. It's yeah, my it's awesome movie. Um, yeah. So go see that. Okay. <laughs> That's pretty funny. <laughs> uh, but but yeah so so you get here and this is um one of the more convoluted uh areas of the game plot wise so if we get the sequence of events messed up i you know i apologize yeah but uh you know you have to decide who you leave the black materia with there are only certain party members who um you know who trust themselves to have it with you you know to have it on themselves mm-hmm. i always um, give it to red 13 yeah Red 13 is the one to give it to, I think. Um, but in general, it just kind of it ends up because this isn't actually Tifa you've been fighting you know, fighting with. It's a you know, clone or some kind of weird entity that is being controlled by Sephiroth, which is a real dumb comic booky way to uh, you know, yep. get if you're through. And happen to have uh, you know, uh, added all of her, her stats. Mm-hmm. So this is me for, yeah, you know you fight with her. In this section, yeah. So, yeah. like, is a clone a clone of her that is exactly as inept in combat as she is? Yeah. So. Well, if she was all of a sudden, you know, just uh, this badass in combat, it would raise it would raise too many eyebrows. Carrie. That's true. Yeah. That's true. <sighs> I'm becoming an expert at like digging into this weird logic in these dumb games. <laughs> um, but uh, but yeah, you eventually uh, you know fight Genova, uh, the the death version of Genova. Fire based has a lot of like really long attack animations. You know, kind of dumb. I'm saying dumb too much. I'm sorry. It's been a long okay. episode. Long day. We recorded a bunch of stuff. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and uh, this gets you into uh, into the real, you know, one of the many climaxes of the game, like plot-wise. Yeah. 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 So a good good place to to end it. Like, this is a lot of information kind of comes comes through here. Yeah. A lot of um, misinformation, too. Yeah. 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 Yep. So Sephiroth is really holding a grudge against against Cloud, and his purpose at this point, aside from getting the Black Materia, is to break Cloud's mind, right? Yeah, by by essentially just telling him that not only is he not actually a person, like he is a like not he is a clone, and he's not even a successful clone, right? Like he is a he is a failed clone. Like he is, you know, they should have put you in a jar. Yeah. Like this this is this is spoilers for the end. There will be blood. This is. This is <laughs> It's going to spoil all my favorite movies. Um, you can't really spoil the end of that movie. Yeah, it's not really how that. There's not a plot, but it, it is like a, it is a talking someone down to death, mm-hmm. similar to the end of There Will Be Blood. Yeah. Go yeah. <laughs> see There Will Be Blood. Yep, that's real good. Um, but uh, but yeah, so he, he says like all of your memories are just things that people told you. You know, it's the Genova cells that are kind of creating this reality around you, right? Yeah. Yep. 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 Yeah. And, uh, you know, there's also kind of this bigger thing, which, you know, Shinra shows up because they have a vested interest in finding the promised land. Um, they believe that this is where it is. And, you know, they're here and you eventually just have this big encounter slash standoff down in this, uh, you know, crystallized Mako crevasse, um, which, you know, the backdrop of the scene is real cool because it's a bunch of fossilized weapons. Right. Yeah. You- yep. And this is where Cloud is walking on the ceiling. Yeah. Right. To look down on this, which is a mm-hmm. cool image. It's a yeah. nice, like a little canted angle mm-hmm. on the action. Yeah. And uh, the actual real for truth, uh, Sephiroth is here, you know, again, crystallized to make but fully conscious. And, uh, you know, when Cloud hands over the, the, the black materia, it, you know, 
liquefies and then everything kind of ends as you know sephiroth begins to summon meteor and the weapons awaken Yep. And it should be noted that uh, Sephiroth doesn't like mind control Cloud to doing this. No, no. If you, you get doesn't. this idea like he just disheartened him into doing it. Mm-hmm. You know, like he just hurt his feelings enough, like, <laughs> you know, just just made him broke him enough. Mm-hmm. Like it's much more it's a it's less of a mind control thing and more of a manipulation thing. Right. Yeah. So, uh, you know, the, and, and there are some like neat little things here, which like some of it's true. Like Tifa, you know, it's like it's revealed that, you know, Tifa has been complacent in the lie that, you know, Cloud has been, you know, has been telling, you know, like we see the scene where Cloud is, you know, rocking, um, you know, back and forth and muttering to himself, like much like the um, Sephiroth clones do, um, you know, as 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 Tifa finds him in the in the train yard with the implication being that he took on that identity because she was the first person who engaged him. Right. You know, right, right, right. um, Never mind why he looks like that person, but. You know, continue. Yeah. Well, there's a reason why he looks like that person, but we just don't know that yet. Right. Right. Yeah. Um, and, you know, it just comes out like, you know, Cloud saying, like, when was the last time we seen it? You know, we saw each other. Cloud says five years ago, thinking like, oh, the Nibelheim inst- you know, incident. Whereas Tifa, to her mind, in reality, it was seven. You know, like if last time she saw him um, or knew that she saw him was uh, seven years ago um, when he left, you know, to join Soldier. Right. And then again, that also gets contradicted as well. Yep. So like this is this is a there's a real like double twist mm-hmm. going on. This is the first one. And then the kind of the big story centerpiece of the next episode, we're going to talk about, you know, their actual true things come out. So, again, game has a reputation for being confusing. Mm-hmm. It's because it does this a lot. Intentionally. So, yeah. Yeah. And that that's about it. Like yeah. uh, the fight, the fight is a little bit disappointing for as a big a deal this is. Mm-hmm. Um, but it is like this feels like it should be the end of a disc. Yeah, because the uh, the next everything that happens after this is like a real kind of sea change moment. Mm-hmm. You know, like I get the feeling that time passes, like a lot of time passes. A week, a week does. Yeah, between between uh, this scene and the next scene, like it's the only time the game does that. Um, so yeah, we're gonna pick it up next episode mm-hmm. with the execution. Yeah. Scene. We should talk a little bit about like what happens here because it's real important. Cloud gets flung into the live stream. Oh yeah. Like yeah, after yeah. after yeah, after he that. after he served his purpose. So yeah. Cloud gets flung into the live stream. He's lost everybody. Um and the panic as the weapons awaken, uh, you know, the Shinra people decide to bug out and your party kind of hitches a ride on the high wind as uh, everybody tries to get to higher ground. Um and Sephiroth has put in you know, has put up this uh, you know, force field around the yeah. the, the, the crater itself. I wasn't trying to skip that. I just thought that it, that might go in the beginning of the next one. Oh, well, um, you know. Th- this, make, th- this makes more sense, if not just as much sense. Mm-hmm. Um, it's interesting that you, you catch the ride on the high wind, too, because it's like you know that you know that, that's right in the arms of the people who want to arrest you. Mm-hmm. However, it's better than like getting blown up. <laughs> yeah, it's better than you know? being yeah. obliterated by these weapons. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and we'll talk about the weapons a lot during the next episode. Yep. See Weapon Central. Um <laughs> Yeah, but and cloud is seemingly lost. Yeah, in the, the big glowing goo that's at the center of the earth. Yeah, not lava, but the other <laughs> other glowing goo. The other glowing goo. Yes. Yeah. Um, and like a Chrono Trigger slash Final Fantasy VI moment of your apparent main character being lost to the world. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Neat. So neat. Yep. So next week, uh, not yeah. I guess next week. God. This, our schedule is messed up, Gary. Uh, yeah. <laughs> no, next week we're going to conclude uh, this. You know, we're going to conclude this game. We're going to talk about up through the ending, and then also do like a side quest cleanup. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, talking about the various optional things that are uh, happening around here. Yeah, yeah. I'm. I'm going to say just as a uh, to be on the record as saying that I'm not going to do all the side quests yep. this playthrough. Um, I did them. I've done them all. 
So yeah. I have I have a hundred percent of this game a couple of times, but this mm-hmm. time through I may not. Yeah. So I can still speak to them, but it won't be as fresh as as Cole's. Yeah, and it'll be fresh for me uh, because yep. I have done them. So. Yep. what that music means it is time to thank the people who have backed our kickstarter campaign yes our kickstarter campaign to do a live show at the portland retro games expo yeah yeah um so uh we're gonna get started here um first off thanks to jed moody um yeah great name have you ever met a jed uh yes i work with a jed really Mm -hmm. interesting it seems like it's like one of those names that is just kind of gone by the wayside entirely yeah no it's a good name it's uh it's biblical in a way Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome name, Jed. Uh, moving on here, we have mm-hmm. J-Bo, uh, who also is somebody that I work with. Uh, a special it- shout-out slash credit goes here because he helped us produce the uh, the um, video for our Kickstarter campaign. Oh, thanks, thanks J-Bo. Uh, J-Bo, also a biblical name, in a <laughs> <Yep>. sense. <laughs> if you can get to the, the hidden chapters. like There's actually— uh, It's in the Apocrypha. <laughs> yeah, there, there, there's a, there's the little black smudge on every Bible, and it's actually all the, the letters stacked up on top of each other. Mm-hmm. That is the the book of Jabo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, so. I just I like that there are people who that's that's what just the, their nickname is who they go by. If I actually like if somebody said his name to me, I would not know that. Oh yeah, yeah. No, the, the, I, I know people <laughs> like that. People do it in podcast stuff too. Like mm-hmm. some people have a need. I'm not Chris. I, I'm some people have a need mm-hmm. who are like kind of have an anonymous. You don't mm-hmm. want to be anonymous on this kind of thing. Yeah. Um, and maybe don't understand that. I'm not saying this about Jabo, but other people <laughs> I know who have done podcasts maybe don't understand that podcasts by their very nature are anonymous. Yeah. Because, <laughs> like, because you know, it's a microchasm of a microchasm of an, of an audience. Yeah. Like, Kevin, Kevin Smith's podcast, he mm-hmm. used licensed music for the intro for the first, like, 130 episodes. And mm-hmm. it was one of the most popular podcasts, you know, at the time was, like, mm-hmm. number three on the charts the entire time. Like, yeah. It is, you know, you're, you're fine. Yeah. <laughs> um, the uh yeah yeah so also thank you to will owens uh bonfire side chat alumni frequent facebook future guest future guest mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yes mm-hmm. yes uh <laughs> way in the future yeah <laughs> yeah but, but um in the future um future guests so thank you will yeah. he's a super great guy i just want to throw a quick shout out will has a really funny twitter account yeah uh skate or die at S K R eight. O R D I E. It's really funny. Like he's, it's, it's, it's really like, I'm not a, a huge Twitter person. Like I'm mm-hmm. still getting the hang of it, but his is very funny. Yeah. So follow at skate or die. Agreed. Uh, up next is one that I always mis- mispronounce. So I apologize. Nick Basile. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Basile, Basile, Basile. Yeah. Basil. Yep. <laughs> so, yep. yep. Thank you, Nick. Thank you, Nick. Um, next up is Ian Sonnefeld. Um, very cool name mm-hmm. again. Yeah. Um, yeah. Never met a, uh, well, that's not true. I was going to say I never met an Ian. I didn't like, but there was one, but it wasn't <laughs> yeah. this one. Yes. No, we like this, you, Ian. This mouth breather that joined our game group for like two weeks. <laughs> oh God. Oh man. What is it about mouth breathers? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I, I've, I've, there's neck breeds, fedora lords. Like, <laughs> uh, there are probably people who mouth breathe. It's a condition. Yeah. Huh. Oh, well, um, Alex Polidor. Or Poldor. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Poldor. Poldor. There we go. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Alex. Uh, very much appreciated. Mm-hmm. Uh, next up is Doug. Just Doug. Yeah. 
Thanks, Doug. Of of Nickelodeon fame. Yeah, yeah. After that is uh, Sean Petrie. Peter? Uh, Peter? Petrie? Yeah. Petrie? Yeah. I see him on Steam a lot. He has a, uh, a Kingdom of Loathing uh, avatar. Oh, cool. Which is neat. Yeah. I appreciate it. We, we're that. in favor of Kingdom of Loathing. Mm-hmm. Um, after that is uh, Brayden Cameron. Never heard of him. Um, yeah. <laughs> who the, who's this fuck this loser? It's <laughs> not a cool name. Um, <laughs> the uh, Brayden of, uh, of The Pitch and uh, future podcast and past podcast, mm-hmm. um, general network participant. Yes. Um, he, he does a guest on a podcast called Booked, which mm-hmm. is a book review podcast he does a, a segment on there i strongly recommend you guys check that out hmm. um they just put out an anthology if you google it booked anthology um braden emceed the the live reading of it oh. and their pictures on facebook and stuff is very cool one of one of my best uh best friends so yeah he's wonderful agreed um and then finally we have chase thank Dr- you for agreeing that he's one of my best friends <laughs> yes i can <laughs> confirm he is a participant and he is a friend of yours <laughs> these are i don't feel safe saying much these are the things I feel you know safe i'm not saying. i'm not sure of many things um <laughs> and then finally, we have Chase Greenley, who is a frequent uh, frequent contributor. So, yeah, as well, and yeah. active on Facebook, mm-hmm. and all around good guy. Yeah, went to high school with him. Oh, awesome! Yeah, yeah, very cool. Uh, yeah, I can confirm that. <laughs> um, so, thank you guys very much. Um, we are coming up. Uh, you know, the the live show is coming up soon. Yeah, I'm um, just about six weeks or so, and uh, we're still preparing. We're still getting ready to roll things out. Mm-hmm. I'm making. Uh, I pause doing new Mario Kart mario paint music to do one 10 minute long mario paint music <laughs> um but the, uh, i'm getting back on that train everything should come out on schedule mm-hmm. um and uh we should probably do like an update yeah at some point just to let everyone know that we're st- we haven't forgotten about them yep. um but yeah so we haven't forgotten about you we haven't forgotten about the show everything is going according to plan yes um, <laughs> so uh, again thank you guys very much yes we really appreciate it So yeah, that is the end of part two of this massive saga. Um, probably all told, going to have just shy of nine hours of content about this game, yeah. which is yeah. crazy. Um, mm-hmm. But it's a big game, and it's an important game, and we're really happy that you're here to participate in the conversation. Uh, and by uh, you know, on that note, it, you know, we said it at the beginning, but we'll say it again. If you would like to submit comments, uh, you can go to duckv.tv/contact. Choose Watch Out for Fireballs from the drop-down menu and uh, let us have it. We already have lots of those in, and uh, we could use more. So, mm-hmm. yep. And, and you're always welcome, too. Yes. Um, yeah, you should uh, check it, take a listen to our other shows. Um, Cole does a show with his brother called Those Damn Ross Kids. It mm-hmm. is a comedy slash dressing down Cole show about weird news. <laughs> um, he also does a uh, video game roundtable show called The Level. Um, they recently did a special on The Last of Us. Mm-hmm. So if you've played that game and want to hear kind of an in-depth breakdown yeah. of it, um, go check it out. It's it's weird. Three hours seems to be where these things find their level. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's, that's about how long it takes to fully do a post-mortem. Yeah. On, on a game mm-hmm. um unless that game is dark souls and then it's you know probably about 12 hours 12 13 hours <laughs> yeah no more 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 like 30 actually yeah yeah <laughs> so. pretty in, pretty intense yeah um uh yeah and gary does a bunch of shows as well um you do a show with Braden cameron who we mentioned earlier called the pitch which mm-hmm. is real real good mm-hmm. um yep. you should be listening to it if you're you know um interested in solutions you know yeah. solutions yep. and value 
I think, uh, are the awards of the day. Uh, you also have a show that's kind of on its way out. Um, yeah, it'll come out. The reruns. Good. Yeah, it it, uh, it come, will come out the Monday after this. Oh, cool. On the first episode, um, it is. So look for it on the network. It is called Pilot Season. Um, it is, in the strictest sense of the word, a variety show. So <laughs> it is going to be every episode is going to be something a little bit different. And, uh, you know, if astute listeners to that idea of a hollow, which, you know, God bless each and every, (laughs) each and every one of you, um, know that I ultimately, and upon reflection, saw that as a weakness of that show was that it was not, did not have a consistent theme. However, um, you know, it's also something I really like doing. So in those two parts of my soul is kind of battled it out. (laughs) And, uh, I like the idea of something that is short and, uh, very full of variety. So as opposed to being, you know, just the idea of a holiday, it is one thing per episode. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's one different thing. So tune in each week or every two weeks rather to see what that one thing is. Yep. Um, so, and I have a network, you know, people on the show Mm -hmm. and, uh, it's, it, it is really fun and very good. I'm really proud of it. Um, Also, me and Cole do a show called Abject Suffering. Um, We talk about a lot of good games on Watch Out for Fireballs. If you want to hear us talk about bad games, uh, including next week, we talk about one of the worst (laughs) games we've done um, that has made us both physically ill. Like in a literal uh, sense, it's a it's a little it's a little way a little ways down the way. Like we're going to talk oh, about it next week, but it's not going to be released until a little. Oh, while. okay, gotcha. I yeah. you know what I I forgot when we were having those technical difficulties and I was recording the last episode. Mm-hmm. I thought we I forgot about the episode we had banked. Right. So I thought it was more critical that we got that done. Mm-hmm. Um. So yeah. So it's a little ways down the way. Just know that the one that <laughs> it was suggested by our Kickstarter um person michael henderson suggested a game for a kick uh, as part of a kickstarter reward for abject <laughs> suffering and it's a fucking doozy yeah. like it is it is it is a laser guided missile directly at our weaknesses <laughs> exactly so um i think that shows a lot of fun and it can use all the support that you guys are willing to give it yeah so and then Gary and I do a show called Bonfire Side Chat where we talk about the Soul series of games. We, uh, you know, just moved on to Demon Souls right now. There's a whole uh, chronicle about Dark Souls available for your perusal if you would like. Um, mm-hmm. yeah. Listen, participate. That's all good. Yep. And if you feel like it, uh, donate. Go to duckfeed.tv forward slash tip jar mm-hmm. to see if there's an Amazon referral link. There's a straight up donation. We're selling things. Yep. Um, you know, all those things help quite a bit uh, to support the show because running the shows is not free. Right. Um, it is a hobby, but it also costs us money. Right. So we try to ameliorate that as much as possible. Mm-hmm. Yep. I encourage you to use the Amazon thing just because, you know, that doesn't cost you anything extra. And if you're going to be buying stuff like right now, I know a bunch of people are going back to school. Um, you're probably going to buy some books on Amazon for, uh, you know, for classes. Uh, that is an awesome way to uh, to help support is use that. Yeah. yeah, it only takes a couple extra seconds yep. for you, and it makes a big deal deal to us. Um, yeah, is there any other admin stuff? Facebook, facebook.com slash watch out for fireballs. That's yeah. a very active group. Um, we appreciate all of the chatter that goes on there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and other than that, I think that we're probably uh, probably all set for next week. So, yeah, thanks yeah. for sticking with us through this very long chronicle of Final yeah. Fantasy VII. A lot of positive response to the first episode. Oh, yeah. Also, yeah. oh, that's great. Um, the other thing, too, and um, is that, though, you may, astute uh, listeners may have noticed that we haven't announced what we're doing next yet. Mm-hmm. Um, we're going to get that hammered into place. It's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> it's really cool, and it, it's contingent on, um, if it comes to it's contingent on another person. Yeah. So, therefore, we're being squirrely about announcing it. Mm-hmm. But uh, just rest assured that it's cool. Yeah, and you'll so, have plenty uh, of time to play it too. Yes. So. Yep. Yeah. We do. Do not worry about that. And we're hope we'll have, try to have an announcement by the next next week. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll try to get that hammered down, and get a get a time hammered down. I mean, I guess like, yeah. So mm-hmm. I'll talk to you about it off mic. Yep. But um, on mic, off recording. <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah. So uh, thank you very much for listening, and uh, watch out for Ifrit. Watch out for Beta. <laughs>
Cool, cool. I need to go so it's uh, shorter than the last one, so that's good. Yep. Um, not, not, even not if bad. it's marginally by, so. By about a half hour. Yeah. 